episode number 14 of the Captain Crew Cast of Pods. I'm your host, Rob, and joining me tonight is a very small group of people, but that's okay. <laughs> so tonight I've got Paul with me. Hello. And Kat. God, that's not a hello. I, I had coffee in my mouth. <laughs> I was hungry, that thirsty. Was the, yeah, that was the sound, <laughs> of someone, <laughs> sound of someone talking through a mouthful of coffee. I can't say anything because I like to talk through mouths full of scotch. So. That's, that's the way to go. Uh, what month is it? Is it March, right? It's still March. It's March. Yes, this is the March episode. It's coming a little late, but it's everybody's been really busy this month. Are we in the Ides? Or not? Because I, I feel like... We are, uh, okay. ish. It's mid-March is Ides of March. So, so. avoid the Ides. Yep. Okay. Well, how long does the Ides of March run for? Of you. I don't Good know. question. Is it like a week? Might be. How so long, I don't how long care. does it take to stab a Roman emperor to death? Probably about a week. Probably about, about a week. week. Two Sounds seconds. good. Bureaucracy. Two seconds. Well, because, you know, like, they talk for Stippity about 15 stabity. minutes. Stop. Go on lunch for a couple days. <laughs> and then continue. So it's like one stab... Kind of bleed out a little bit. Somebody has enough to patch you up, and then snap, snap, snap. Yeah. That sounds terrible. Uh, well, anyway, so the way we start every show, the way, uh, well, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Brain stopped working. It's been a long <laughs> week. It's been a really long I, week. I feel you, man. So we'll kick off yeah. the show the way we do every week, which is, well, not every week, every <laughs> month, every show. Oh, God, your brain's just dribbling out your ears. This is going to be a fun one. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's going to be one of those. So anyway, my question for the two of you tonight is this. Oh, so, too. would you rather be stuck in a Nightmare on Elm, Elm Street movie or Friday the 13th? Now, Nightmare, just to get it straight in my head again. Nightmare, Freddy Krueger. Yes. Friday the 13th, Jason. Yes. yes. Okay. And keep in mind, too, Friday the 13th, if you're in one of those Jason movies, mm-hmm. one of them is just Jason's mom and not even Jason. The first one, wasn't it? Correct. Yeah, correct. yeah. I remember watching that and thinking, wow, huh. that's pretty cool. Um, I think, me, I'd rather be stuck uh, in Friday the 13th. Because Nightmare on Elm Street, there's no escape. Right? You fall asleep, doesn't matter where you are. That's he can true. get you through your dreams. Whereas, at least with Friday the 13th, if you can stay one step ahead of Jason, which, again, not, not an easy thing to do, but if you can do it, you can live. That's true. Yeah. So I, I think just from a survivability, it'd be Nightmare. Yeah. Or, I mean, Friday, yeah, 13th. Friday the 13th. See, I get them yeah. confused. How about you? Uh, I'd actually pick the same thing. I'd pick Friday the 13th because, I mean, on top of that, I really like my sleep. And, like, I don't know. That would, I like, I can't imagine going stretches without sleeping. I'd probably die really early on. No, Unless think... it got all Dream Warriors and shit. Uh, I mean, well, Dream Warriors, pretty... everybody in the Dream Warriors, for the most part, died die. there, too. That's very true. Like, look at the like the uh, the the kid in the wheelchair that was like the D and D wizard. He was a wizard. He, he was a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> he was a wizard. Um, yeah, no, I agree with you. I'm like, honestly, uh, I, I'm gonna join you guys on this one. Friday the Thirteenth, definitely, because you have a chance. You know, Jason still ultimately his big thing was he had an issue with water. You're in a fucking lake. <laughs> I mean, I'm just gonna go swimming the entire time and yep. pray to God that like if you have a snorkel and like scuba gear something like come up with a good plan. Yeah, you'd be good. Stay out of the horror tropes and yep. stay away from stay away from Camp Crystal Lake. Yep, exactly. So because the rest to... of the world still does exist in these movies. Just they, yep. Don't be at Camp it's Crystal Lake. Ice, exactly, it's very isolated. But Freddy I mean, always gets you in your sleep. Yeah. yeah. And that's something you can't avoid. I don't care who you are. Uh, it's very rare for anyone to die from lack Although of Although that seemed to have a radius, too. You think? Because it was only around Elm Street, wasn't it? Well, that's just where everybody was dealt with. But, I mean, like, okay, you think ultimately, okay. like, um... Actually, I'm trying to think which one it was. I think it was, um... Well, because, like... New Nightmare? Of, yeah. New Nightmare, it was, um... Freddy 
a, a new version of Freddy. So, but like he attacked people in their dreams, but they were in like California. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, they were not on Elm Street. Anymore. Yeah. Based so, on the original movies, though, if you looked at it, it seemed like his radius really only was Elm Street. So, uh, it, there's another but there's, there's loophole there where yeah. if you just didn't go near Elm Street and weren't involved in that shit, you would be fine. Yeah, but maybe maybe that was just because that's so close to where, you know, he died. My wonder, yeah. like, let's say you cross paths with him via Elm Street, then you're like, shit, I gotta get out of here. Then you fly to California, fly to Japan. Can Freddy still access you because he knows you now? You know, That's I, I think wondering. so because I think if memory serves correctly, because um, that uh, makes him really funny. They've players. had so many different variations because there's like what eight or nine movies. But Freddy vs. Yeah. Jason, they brought it up is like those kids didn't know of Freddy Krueger at all. They looked it up, but I think it was once people knew of Freddy Krueger, he now had he power had access. Over you. Oh yep. my god, See, it's like the Chandrian in um, Patrick Rothfuss's exactly. books. Exactly. Yep. Ah, so creepy. Spoke the names. Ah! <laughs> So, um, tell me, we had a couple, we had a couple really cool <laughs> yeah. conversations we wanted to have. Um, and really? we're going to start off with the light stuff and move into the heavy stuff because I think the last the two heavy things, flow days. the heavy flow days, okay. but the last two things I think could eat up a lot of time. So, uh, we'll see where this one goes and then slip in where we feel like we need to. But one of these I know is going to get very, well, actually two of these could get actually not heated, but like we can probably go off on a oh, yeah. tangent on them. So, um, the first thing we wanted to discuss tonight is it kind of like the idea of, Right now, it feels like we're in a renaissance of science fiction. Um, I know between, if you think about right now what's happening in the movies, like what was one of the biggest blockbusters last year was Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. Yeah. Um, and that was like that traditional, felt like a Star Wars type film. Like Star Trek came back really big a couple of years ago. Um, we have new Star Wars movies mm-hmm. coming out. Mm-hmm. We have a new Star Wars movie every year for the next six years yeah. coming out. Uh, Star Wars Rebels is kicking ass on TV. The 100's doing awesome. Um, so good. And oh, like, my lord. Really? I'll yeah, it. it's, I th- I've um, seen your post about it. It's, it's just... Nobody watches it, too. This yeah. is what cracks me up. So, it's one of those, like, super underrated shows, kind of like the Firefly in its heyday, where people really didn't watch it when it was on. Do you know what I mean? Which like, led to it not being on, and then yeah. when it became a cult classic, so, everyone cries. Yeah. So, like, the 100, like... Very few people actually, like, I mean, it definitely has enough numbers to get renewed and stuff, but a like, a hundred, just a hundred, just, just <laughs> but like, it doesn't have, like, it's, the um, caliber of the show doesn't match the fan, fandom, I guess, okay. like, there's not enough, like, for how good it is, I feel like, because it's on caliber with, like, BSG, the re- like, the reboot of BSG, it is really, really phenomenal sci-fi. Hmm. And I'm just, like, constantly sick of every, like, review I've seen of it, every, like, whatever is, like, why don't, everyone's just, like, why don't more people like this? Well, that's, like, this is so good. To strike on the Renaissance word, though. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's very, very specific the way you put that. Um, there might be, there might be uh, a good amount there when you think about it. The Renaissance, the original Renaissance was a age of great advancements in how you got the artistic mean across, right? Uh-huh. They, they, right? They figured out framing, they figured out how to do perspective, depth, yeah. right? Modern sci-fi, the, the period we're at now with our CGI, we are able to bring science fiction to life believably. Yeah. You know, old Doctor Who versus new Doctor yeah. Exactly. Right. And yeah. I think maybe that's part of it. Because I think sci-fi's think so. always been here. Well, you, oh, think, you think about Star Wars but, and Star Trek were kind of that bridge mm-hmm. between the two. Yeah. Like, the original Trek, TV Trek, not so much. That was still kind of in the, the golden... Like, what's what's referred to the old times is the golden age okay. of sci-fi. Yeah. Like, I think that's a good way to put it. 
that's where everything like really got prevalent. It was a lot more literary works than it was visual. Yeah, medium. yeah. Larry Niven, yeah. Uh, uh, Asimov, uh, all the great right. authors. Clark. Yeah, yeah. 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 So like you move from that, and then you have TV shows like Star Trek that hit it big. But Star Wars brought a lot of the film advancement. Mm-hmm. I would say that's like a lot, but all those things together would be like the golden age. I would say Silver Age would be stuff like Blade Runner or like, or is that closer to? Star Wars age. That's, oh, that's actually it's, it's, somewhere it's, that it's, it's closer. I think yeah. if you think about now, you're actually that's closer to the time of Star Wars because you think Jedi was eighty three and Blade Runner was mid to late eighties. Yeah. I can't remember quite. Yeah. The years but I feel anymore. like nineties and early two thousands also had a like. I guess that was the Silver Age because there were like a lot of really good sci fi movies out and um, like obviously Firefly. Yeah, I mean, BSG was a little later, like, yeah. the reboot, but, like, that definitely redefined, like, what people, people's expectations of what they could get from sci-fi. Oh, yeah, I mean, like, they're definitely that little kind of dark age for film was probably late 80s through most of the 90s. I mean, like, you got a couple films here and there, but it wasn't, you like, a couple big ones would hit, like, Terminator 2 was yeah. huge. Yeah. So good. Or, like, The Abyss I, from James yeah, Cameron oh, and stuff like that. This was so good. Oddly enough, we T2 and Abyss are both big, yeah. big Cameron films. Yeah. But, but, I mean, ultimately, though, like, you didn't have a lot of cultural punch until, like, The Matrix hit. That's true. Yeah, I just saw really um, Gattaca yeah. for the first time. That was really I need good. to watch Gattaca. It was uh, very, very good. Gattaca was good. And we, what else did we watch, too, that you've never seen before recently? Christian Bale, uh... Equilibrium. Equilibrium. Yep. Don't know if I've ever heard it's of it. It's got the... Um, it's very Orwellian oh, style. Lovely. Yeah. Sci-fi world. Very okay. cool. Yeah. Um, it's like the idea that um, emotions are not, you know, used. It's what makes people They're weak outlawed. and it, it, yeah. causes, it causes what? It's where they do the gun kata. Ah, yeah. Well, another another interesting uh, thing about modern sci-fi as far as movies goes is there is, uh, and it probably has always been a drive to have real science yeah. behind, you know. But you look at Star Trek, did did Roddenberry actually envision communicators, handheld communicators that look like flip cell phones? Or was that just a... Uh, that is us, when we create it, take that taking, into mind. Yeah. Whereas, you know, gravity... Uh, or not gravity. Well, no, gra- yeah, gravity's hit or miss. I'm trying to think, um, what was the movie... Interstellar. Okay. Interstellar was extremely... Both, both movies you brought up, we both haven't seen, which oh, really? I feel okay. kind of sad. It's okay. Feel free to... Gravity, gravity was good. Um, the spoiler the... warnings, if we get into that territory, you guys are yeah. trying to deal with it. Yeah. No. Well, I'm, I'm it's not going to more than two much. weeks after home video, uh, this so... Is, this is true. But no, with with, uh, with gravity, it's much more character-driven. Right. Um, it's a survival The physics, the physics are questionable. Well, yeah, yeah I've heard... Okay. If, if but you want to see take, look, yeah. listen to uh, Star Talk with you. Oh, really? Oh, I bet he had a lot to say about it. And I know I know he talked about Interstellar, too. Now, the science behind Interstellar, it all... Comes around the black hole that that is a big portion of that story, and you know there were there were, again there was a lot of hardcore science that went into you know describing that universe uh, compared to like I said early earlier sci-fi where it was just an idea of what the future might come, but you know I don't know that might be mean to say that I think literary old sci-fi authors were a lot more careful about making sure that their universes. Um, were set up around a, an actual physical plane. Yeah, uh, you know, that like oh, I can explain mathematically Ringworld. You know, there yeah. were students that did studies on whether or not Ringworld would be capable. You need some sort of really special, dense material to make it. But once you had that, yeah. all the other math, the spin, the ability to keep an atmosphere on the Ringworld, all of these things came into play and mathematically were proven to be possible. So, you know, That's awesome. warp drives, we're still working on the math for that. So, I mean, again, right. that concept comes out, you know, a lot, well, there's a lot so many, further out there. But So many ideas. But, like, the, the what's interesting, though, is, too, was, like, when we talk about, like, the fact that we feel like we're in a renaissance again, like... Mm. 
Um, it's just I, a great time if you love sci-fi to be alive. Well, it, it really is, is because yeah. it, it's like we're thinking of it on such a specific level, but like you even think about if you expand that idea a little bit. The Avengers, even though it's a comic book, mm-hmm. that is science mm-hmm. fiction. It's, yeah. it's you have a man in a mechanical suit with heads-up display that is working with when he's working in a lab, working in a three D virtual space. Something we're close to, but we're not there yet. Yeah, all of this yeah. stuff is still considered for the most part. A lot of the superhero stuff is it's either a, fa- a hard fantasy edge yeah. or it's a science fiction edge. Yeah, I mean, and then and then there's that weird in between. But for the majority, it's one running, or the other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, like, that's been a big part, too. I think maybe I'm wondering if, like, the comic book uh, uh, movies that have encroached on the majority of cinema, it seems like, nowadays, if that's actually been a big reason cause for a lot of that. I mean, again, Guardians of the Galaxy is a comic book, first and foremost, but yeah. a lot of people that don't know about it, most of us didn't know about it. So it's, it's, like, a, it's a Yeah, it's D-list characters. That actually brings in, like, my one question, which is what elements make a good sci-fi because I feel like there's um, there are a lot of science fiction movies that seem like they're more action movies versus what you think mm. of as iconic science fiction, you know. But there's yeah, but there's there's I think there's good reason for that. Um, action sells. I it's mean, true. honestly, when it comes totally down to it, true. you got to get people in. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, some of I'm trying to think. I believe it was Arthur C. Clarke that did the Rama series. Uh, his first book is very dry. Yeah. It's, it's all about uh, some astronauts visiting a, a passing, you know, uh, uh, object that's obviously made by a different civilization. But they're, you know, it's very dry. It's kind of hard to make your way through. And then he, yeah. he coupled up with another writer. And they built this really awesome story. That's and all of a sudden awesome. you've got these characters. And it became a lot less about the math and the physics and a lot more about human interaction. Yeah. Um, so you've got to, I think you've got to have an element uh, of... of Something that really grips people on an emotional level. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty, pretty important. Believability is important, too. I agree. Like, if you had a movie about... Yeah. And again, I don't want to... That's, that's tricky, though. I don't want to spoil uh, Gravity for it's okay, you. That's okay. Can. Yeah, because that one envisions a human race so far in the future that they may be energy, for all we know. To me, it's harder to, to wrap my head around that concept than it would be to wrap my head around... Uh, mobile platforms around all the planets in our solar system. Yeah. You know, gigantic structures that have people living in them. We mine the asteroids. That, to me, is so much more believable than we all become energy in five million years. Well, I think that's like the difference between sci-fi and fantasy, though, because fantasy is like, you know, don't get me wrong, like, any fantasy system still needs rules. Yep. But the basis of it is not, it's meant in the fantastical, not in the... You don't need that grounding so much. You well, need yeah, rules, yeah. but magic your is, own rules. Magic is pretty anti-physics. Well, yeah. well it's yeah. any world, there's <laughs> yeah. a thousand and one questions. Yeah. As long as you have at least half of the answers, yeah, yeah. I think you have uh, some form Solid of grounding in it. You know? yeah. I, I mean, I, there's no real amazing formula to it, I think, on that end. I mean, but it, you do have to... It's world building. No matter yeah. what, yeah. I think for any good storytelling, though, is it's all about... The world has to be believable. Like, you can have shoot something that's a modern-day film, and if you have two people sitting there and talking in a diner, and all of a sudden in the background you have, like, six guys in, like, full head-to-toe rubber suits walking around, like, taking a sip out of a drink and sticking the uh, sticking it in their ear, people are going to be like, what the fuck is happening? But if you never explain that, everybody's like, it was just bizarre. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, like, Which you, you can see to, that. That element is played upon, I think, in the older uh, sci-fi movies. The, the older, you know... 
bizarre shit in the background and nobody notices. That's how normal the future is. Uh-huh. You know, like, this isn't strange to them. Uh-huh. And, right, but uh, like, if your main characters aren't engaging in that same way, yeah. though, then it's just like, it's just it bizarre lost. flavor for no reason. Yeah. You yeah. saw that in a lot of B, B oh, sci-fi. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, oh, man. Speaking of, oh, God. Probably great classic sci-fi. Sorry. Buckaroo Banzai. And the only oh, reason I'm bringing it up is... We'll have to do that. Not, you have yeah. got to see Buckaroo Banzai. She has yet to see that in uh, Time Bandits. So that's something that has to be done. Yeah. Oh, man. See, uh, <laughs> there's so... Uh, man, I saw... Uh, I don't know if I should mention on tape exactly what I was under the influence of that one time I watched Time Bandits. But it was amazing! <laughs> but no, um, Buckaroo Banzai is just... It's loaded with cheese. Yeah. And it's fabulous. It's That's it's awesome. like the cheese makes it. It's uh, Peter Weller, who was the original Robocop in Robocop yep. 1 and 2. Okay. He was also the bad guy in Star Trek Into Darkness. Ah, um, okay. Uh, outside of Benedict Cumberbatch. Mike, Mike from uh, Breaking Bad, he's in there. Yeah. Uh, Aykroyd, Dan Aykroyd is... Dan Aykroyd. Um, oh, yeah. Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> there is, there is just awesome. a ton. It's a, it's a fun it's a cast. cast. It's very yeah. campy. It's just amazingly fun. Oh, my God. That sounds interesting. Yeah, that... And I'm pretty sure that was that started out as a comic, if I'm not mistaken. Or at least I think that's the the mythos. My mind, I shouldn't say I think that's the mythos. I'd have to Google that. But I want to say I think that did start out maybe as a comic book. I wouldn't be surprised. Or a graphic novel or something. Because I can't see anybody I, conceiving of that. I have like, no idea. Like that had to have come from somewhere else. There had to have been I somebody else that. working I on a project that. to lead to that. Because yeah. it was insane. When you see it, you'll you'll know exactly what we're talking about. Okay, well, back on that like element of what makes a good sci-fi, though, is yeah. like... Obviously, characters are always number one beyond anything else. Now, for you two, like, is there character archetypes that you like to see best in sci-fi? Like, do you like to see, like, for example, like, I think for, in my brain, when I think sci-fi, the two big things that usually jump out in my brain are Star Wars and Firefly. Mm. That's um, fair. But if you look at them, they both have elements of westerns in the way yeah. that they both flow I out. I can see that. Okay. Like, Han Solo is that, like, Dirty Harry-esque yeah. character. Mal- Malcolm Reynolds is also that similar dirty ass kind of. Yeah. They, they have that similar archetype that kind of flows between them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What's that frontiersman? Yeah. Uh, it, sensibility, which makes sense because a lot of sci-fi is about pushing frontiers. Right. Well, and on that front, I like this. Um, hops a little bit from characters, but one of the elements I feel like makes a really good sci-fi is philosophy. I feel like a lot of it is really steeped in a lot of philosophical questions. Which is like, Star Trek. Even, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. even something like that has a lot of lighthearted moments like Firefly will go back to the big questions when they're out there in space. And there are very serious moments that make you think. And I think any like iconic sci-fi really makes you question things. Yeah. And well, makes I, you I think. It's, yeah. it's no, it is. Like, it's three simple words. If, what, and why. Yeah. And those things kind of... Per- move all of that stuff forward. It's those basic questions that you ask yourself, what if we go out into this area that we don't know? Yeah, what happens yeah. to us as a race? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's a, a lot of that humanity question, because we were just talking about this last week, because we watched the 100 uh, Season 2 finale, and it was like philosophical bomb after philosophical bomb, because, mm-hmm. I mean, like, they are in survival instinct mode and are pushed to extremes, and... It's what are we? It reminded me a lot of Battlestar Galactica, where it's like, what are we as a race? If you know what I mean, are we worth saving even if we're like this? You <laughs> know what saving. I mean? Well, yeah. I mean, like without because uh, it's still fairly new yeah. in, uh, especially. I don't want to spoil this for anybody that's not watched the hundred. Uh, I, I have to check it out. Season one is on Netflix. So, okay, is it good? Good, good. And season two just wrapped. Um, but there was an amazing line or two in the season finale of season two that doesn't give anything away, but is um um. I was like, 
It was the idea. Of, what was it? There are there. Oh, it was um, it was at the very end of the like near the end. But um, she's like, but we're supposed to be the good guys, and she's in the one. Then the mom's like, maybe there are no good guys, and no, it's just as simple as good as in the eye of the beholder. Yeah, and yeah. that that's a deep philosophical. You know, it is, and especially given the circumstances, because they were crazy fucked up and bloody. But <laughs> um, you know. Given the circumstances, like, it hits you, and it's good because it makes you think. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, it actually makes you kind of... You don't always find shows like that, but I feel like sci-fi has always been really good at making you think. Right. Like, I I think BSG is another good one to bring up because, again, it was pure philosophical from hmm. start to finish. Uh, I never really got into the BSG, honestly. The, the oh, reboot? I yeah. No, I, no, not either. Any of them. I know there was... I, well, I'm aware of them. I just never Watch really... the reboot if you can oh, find God. it anywhere, because I don't think it's streaming in many places the in the moment. The reboot okay. is glorious. I had an aunt that loved the reboot, so I, I really should glorious. check it out. I'm still trying to make my way through so many other things. Yeah, understood. I'm yeah. Sure, but, like, yeah. you're a big fan of Orphan Black, and that uh, is very heavy sci-fi. I love Orphan Black. Yeah, no, that is exceedingly... Now, does that, like... Does that do... Is that more sci-fi-ish? Oh, I would say so. Okay. Yeah, it's all about it's okay. all about cloning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so and, and I would assume that's loaded with philosophical stuff. It, it really is. Um, yeah, especially oh, definitely. With, the act, like, like, with the idea of cloning. It's it's and again that one's highly believable just because of where we're at with modern science. That doesn't yeah. reach too far out beyond our current capabilities, yeah. which definitely you know uh, definitely makes it very easy to lose yourself in. I guess that's awesome. would be a good way of saying it. Well, I mean, like one of my favorites right now. Like you mentioned, one hundred is yours. You've got working mm -hmm. black. I know oh, is God. your your oh. current. Sci-fi. Yeah, you have to watch yeah. that. Absolutely. Still. I'm Absolutely. Very and mine's the Flash. Like, ah, uh, if you're keeping up with the Flash right now, as much as it's just yeah, it's comic book lore, but ultimately, like, you look at it and it's the whole thing about a particle accelerator mm -hmm. going awry and it changes everybody's body chemistry. Nice. And that causes the superheroes. And then now it's introducing time travel. And I'm very curious to see how a TV show now is going to handle time travel because there's a couple shows have done it. But not um, a lot of shows have done it well. Yeah, I would give you that. Um, and and when it got that. introduced in the show, it felt natural in this universe that time travel existed when they brought it up. Okay. It never felt like, ooh, they crossed that weird boundary, and that was the dirty word. You, didn't, no, you don't bring up time travel. Yeah, didn't Fox have a show that was based entirely around time travel? It was like New Earth or something like that where I don't know. the modern Earth was destroyed, so people were going well, back to like well, Jurassic about, times to survive. I don't think oh, it made man. it past a season or two, honestly. Well, I, think, yeah. I know there was a show like called like Prime Evil. Uh, no, that, that was, that was, that BBC. was BBC. Oh, was that, that was BBC? Now, this was a Fox one, but uh, I'd have to... I, I'm, Man, I hate bringing up topics that I don't oh, know no, the no, actual no, name to. But that one, that one was based. But again, didn't make it too far. Now that, yeah. yeah. But like, what does that say? I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, even if you think about things like it's going a tough back thing to do well, yeah, during like the mid, like late eighty, early ninety time frame was Quantum Leap, well, and that was just time jumping. And the grand, the granddaddy knew them all was Doctor Who. Doctor, yeah, Who. I was going to say Doctor about, Who has tons of time uh, stuff, and and probably there's a lot that's ripped off, honestly, or at least I, I shouldn't say ripped off. Uh, Doctor Who was probably Far influenced, right. yeah, right, a lot of writers' opinions, at least writers within the last fifty years of what time travel would look like on TV or in the movies. And it's one of the longest uh, running. Yeah, because they had a long time to perfect that. Yeah, the writers had a long time. Sure. Visually, they had a long, you know, they had a, they had a good amount of you know, time to build how you do that properly. Mm -hmm. So, well, I mean, that's, that's one thing, one question I didn't ask. I mean, like, you know, again, I, I bring this whole thing up because I believe it's, it, it's, it's, we're in a renaissance again, yeah. where things yeah. are moving forward, but it's also in the cultural limelight. Do you guys both agree on that or do you not? No, I, I, I do. And I it, think it's moving forward. Yeah, I think, well, and, and again, it's not just that it's moving forward. I think the quality it's moving important. forward, but it's also in I the think spotlight. the quality's changing. I also yeah. think a lot of um, what's happening now is, um, I mean, 
reboots aside, mm-hmm. or, like, continuations, because, like, you know, yes, it's great about Star Trek and Star Wars, but it's not new or original. It's not bringing, like, you know, that's yeah, not yeah. a... It's not, it's not bringing anything new to the table. Yeah. It's just a new But, like, of out of material. the new things I've started to see, I mean, there's a really great influx of dystopian and a big meshing of dystopian with sci-fi that I, like, that's what, one of the things mm-hmm. with the 100 that I really liked um, was the mesh of dystopian and... Like, hard sci-fi. Okay. I love that, you know, and I like that they're starting to head in that direction with it. Because, like, dystopian's really an interesting facet of sci-fi, too, because it also deals with a lot of similar themes. Yeah. Um, it just deals with it from a different angle. Because we watched Revolution for a little while, too, and that was the same thing. That got into, um, that was the, it was only two seasons long. Fantastic show, but got canceled. Um, but it, um was about, like, the concept of what happens if all the power stops working. Yeah, and pretty pretty much, like, people, I mean, like, there are so many large things that you don't think about Oh, uh, yeah. If the power yeah. would go. Like, but they like, all, but they address so many, like, weird it cool went back things to with that. A weird Civil War time kind of yeah. the way it functioned. Well, but, like, yeah. people were, but, like, family members, if they lived far away, like, if someone no lived in Cali, yeah. no communication. Yeah. They would not see, they, they would try, like, so you had people that were, like, trying to walk across the country to, to find, find yeah. their family the with no <laughs> way of contact. Connecting. Like, it was no so way of knowing crazy. if the family was so still there. So people started yeah. forming, like, cabals and, like, just kind of. I love one of the coolest. It gets yeah. back to believability, in yeah, my right. opinion, because that is very, to me, that is very believable. Yeah. You know, and sci-fi's like got to be, yeah, yeah. sci-fi's got to be very deeply grounded in plausible yeah. uh, uh, scenarios. Now, one of the things you know. I loved with it, though, and I know, and this I think a lot of people differed. I know a lot of people didn't like it when Revolution took this route, because season two, they did a hard shift. Okay. Um, They found a way to get the power back on. Yay! It went from dystopian to hard sci-fi. To hard sci-fi. sci-fi. And that's uh, what I'm okay. loving to okay. see, because I really like seeing those two genres blended. Yeah. I think it's fascinating. And what they did, and I know I, I know a lot of people didn't like it, but they used nano, like, um... The reason they shut off the nanobites. power is nanomachines were mm. gaining sentience, and they were already in our atmosphere created. They oh, shut them okay, down because cool. they thought it was going to dis- basically yeah, destroy yeah. everything. Oh, okay. So they... Basically, the people that created them also created this massive EMP that wiped out all power gotcha. everywhere. Yeah. But the thing was, so the um, nanomachines, like, so by the end of season two, like, the nanomachines were, like, you know, getting, it was really, they really They found a way to adapt. Yeah. yeah. Well, they started adapting, but they, at first they were looking <laughs> at the people who created them as creators. You're like, our god. If, but if then I can, they realized they're god. If I could steal a line from Jurassic Park. Yeah. Life finds a way. They do. <laughs> and actually, you know what? It actually is Crichton-esque, though, yeah, in that, yeah. like, because I read a book of his Prey that was all about um, nanobots okay. and stuff okay. like that. Really and interesting we're stuff. Getting, we're and, getting close. And it's I mean, okay, because uh, I'm just going to say to you for listeners, we're yeah. going to get to Star Wars, Star Trek, and okay. Jurassic Park 2 in the back half. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. That's yeah. coming. It, it'll be there. Oh, oh Lord. It'll be there. But, um, but, yeah, like, that's what I really am enjoying seeing. Mm-hmm. Now, I guess I think a lot of people were just like, whoa, whoa, this was this was dystopian. Now you're introducing heart. Yeah. I think a lot of people couldn't adapt with the shift. But I do think it's nice to see that step because it it's reinventing dystopian and reinventing hard sci-fi by blending. Like, it's a really cool thing to see. I loved the fact that they're... You know, that they didn't just keep slogging along with the power out and, oh, yeah, let's yeah, go with yeah. the same thing over again. And they decided to really just 
go balls to the wall with the hard sci-fi elements and be like, yeah, let's get really technical and scientific about this. Mm-hmm. And like, right. you know, yeah, there were like gaps in plausibility, it, like in any anything, show. Any, yeah. Well, especially yeah. any but, sci-fi. If you look hard enough and people will of course always you're find something find. to complain. But again, be happy that you're, they, they've created something special. Well, yeah. this is the other Rebel thing, though, too, first, because a lot of the scientific minds, and this is, like, no slight, because obviously, brilliance, they do so much for mankind, but at the same point, just because, like, you know, a lot of their beefs with these stories and stuff like that, like sci-fi, things like that, is, oh, well, it's not quite accurate enough, and it's not well, accurate enough, but if, that's, you, that's, but if you had a scientist, if you had a, like, if you had a scientist <clears throat> sit there and, like, write, though, what they wanted... It would be a textbook. It would not be a story. Because well, yeah. for storytelling, you have to sacrifice certain yeah. elements and certain things. You have to gloss over things because it can't be all explained. Well, I think that goes to anything you say, though. If mm-hmm. you are a historian and write something about um, you know, World War II and somebody makes a World War II movie, that same person can't shut that part of their brain off yeah. when they're watching that World War II yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. I think that's. I think it goes into anything. If you're a musician and you watch a documentary about this other musician on how they did everything, and you're like, well, they, that doesn't make any sense. They should have done this. This yeah. would make yeah, a lot more yeah. sense. Uh, I guess so. I, th- I think it's done best when it blends, when you when you blur things a little bit. Uh, Futurama yeah. would be a great example. There's a lot of hard science in Futurama. And a yeah. lot of times it's, it's kind of tucked into the background of the show. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's it's humorous to people Blended, that know the yeah. equations or get the references mm-hmm. because we're talking uh, science. Big actually. Bang Theory. There's another one where there's an awful oh, yeah. lot of actual science there, but it can still be. You do not have Never to be kidding. a scientist. You do not yeah. have to have a scientific mindset to get and love that show. And I mean, that's sure. the blend's important. Well, I think oh, it's I funny that you bring up Futurama too. And one of the amazing things is too is uh, you know everybody. A lot of people that are fans of Futurama and Simpsons um, oh, yeah. know Simpsons, that a lot. Yep. Um, Matt, Matt Groening uh, and his crew, most of the writers for those shows are mathematicians. Yeah. That's awesome. And there was actually something very interesting that popped up about right. two weeks ago. Uh-huh. I know what you're talking about. And Continue. that was kind of amazing. And it just makes you realize how intelligent these people are. There was an episode of The Simpsons, like around like season six to season eight-ish, I can't quite remember, um, where Homer was kind of going a little... Wacky, yeah, didn't he? Didn't oh. he? Uh, he was influenced by uh, uh, the great inventor. Uh, uh, who was it? Well, needless to say, he was yeah, kind of almost like a possessed like state. And on a chalkboard, he wrote an equation, and the equation that he wrote, they just realized now the exact equation that that mathematician that wrote that episode and put that in animation. That was the weight of the Higgs boson yeah. particle yep. that we just found yeah. out. Months ago. Yeah. Homer becomes influenced by Thomas Edison and decides to become an inventor. And yeah, there's a shot where he's at the chalkboard. There's this elaborate... And what's great about that, there's this elaborate um, uh, uh, mathematical equation. Well, Underneath, yeah. there's a picture of a donut and then a half-eaten donut and then nothing. And it's, you know, because it blends this whole simplicity with this yeah. extremely advanced... But yeah. Um, That's awesome. And we found out... And that was season... Like, that was in its eighth year. We're, yeah, we're, we're talking like two decades ago. 26 <laughs> seasons of yeah. that show. Yeah. Two decades they, ago. That long ago, they figured out something that massive scientists just figured out now. And they realized and looked back at it. I'm like, holy crap. They said, aside from one tiny little micro- yeah. microscopic thing in this equation... This is dead on what the actual weight yeah. of this particle, this God particle we've been searching yeah. for forever has been. And, and, that's and, not. Well, but it, it's also important to note that that's the other thing about about science that I don't think everyone understands is uh, concepts can take 30, 40, 50 years oh, to come yeah. to fruition. 
Yeah. So, you know, these equations were probably ripped out of uh, either a textbook or somebody's writings at the time as to theoretically what it could be. It could be. And it's not until. It takes time to test and test and test. The Large Hadron Collider has, man, they did did several trillion collisions just to get, you know, just a peek at the possibility of uh, the Higgs. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're still trying to figure out the boson field, but that's a completely different thing. But no, it is amazing. You know how pop culture can have these these wonderful, yeah, just fruitful, you know, scientific well, things. And it's great too because you brought up the ideas of like Roddenberry and Trek, mm-hmm. like the idea that there's communicators. Yep, that's why our cell phones look the way they do. We don't know. We don't know. But, but it's, it's kind of amazing to think about, like, to look back. Yeah, and yeah. what's going to be interesting is think about now. Um, and when we bring up the idea of Renaissance and what things are happening now, and think about one of the the most ingenious things that we've seen on the silver screen recently is, in my mind, things like Minority Report. Yep. And, oddly enough, Iron Man. Think about working in that 3D environment space. And then, just a couple months ago, you have Microsoft jump on stage and say, here's HoloLens. Yep. Yep. Yeah. This is going to be your augmented reality where you can still see everybody around you instead of being locked into VR and locking yourself away. But now we're bringing that environment from those things to you and hearing people from like the Wall Street Journal, like somebody that's maybe like not as like science, taking such a scientific approach than somebody from like popular mechanics. Yeah, yeah. When somebody from the Wall Street Journal says, holy shit, this worked, they think about it from a consumer mindset. Well, And that's important. And that's the thing is when somebody from there comes out and says, I watched Netflix. I, I pulled up Netflix on my wall and threw it against a wall with a hand motion. Yeah. And it was the same Netflix that I'm used to watching on our plasma screen or OLED screen or whatever you may watch it on. Yeah. Or your smartphone. Yeah. And it had that same opacity. Or somebody saying, hey, I actually got to dismantle a 3D replica of a motorcycle I own. Yeah. Or make my entire living room, um, like, the the vast, uh, vast like, desert, whatever you want it to be. And the fact that it changes and does all those things for you. And to know that we're only two years, three years away from that? Yeah. It's, it's crazy amazing. to think. Yeah. Like, it's... We've jumped so fast technologically, and, like, it's so crazy to think about the sci-fi we're seeing on the screen yeah. now. How close are we to yeah. that? Well, commu- communication has been the key on that. Yeah. Communication has been essential in driving that. Uh, you go back to turn-of-the-century physicists in Einstein's time, these guys were writing each other letters. The letters had to go across the, the ocean. Yeah. You know, I mean, it took a long time for, for people to... Ever reach each other. To, yeah, to talk, yeah. and that's that's necessary to drive science forwards, obviously. I yeah. have an idea. Here's my thought. I have to throw it out there. It has to be attacked. I have to tighten it up. Yeah. Through these processes, we learn what works and what doesn't. Uh-huh. Um, nowadays, you know, you can get on your computer and reach out and touch a compatriot working in the same field yeah. in India, you know, real time. I mean, and yeah. that, 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 that increase in the speed of communication has led to things. just uh, a, an explosion of, of uh, technical know-how and physical know-how yeah. and innovation. And I mean, I, I do not look forward to being 70. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> well, it's okay. But I can't wait to get there and look back. Well, you gotta remember yeah. what you're saying is the life expectancy of a kid born today is 150 years old. Eh, they say that, but we'll see. We'll yeah. see. Yeah, uh, but we'll it is see. kind of interesting because I mean, like, even like thinking growing up, I mean, I remember, like, just from being a kid with like the internet and stuff like that. Like when I was really young, it wasn't really a thing much then, or at least not mm-hmm. 
very prevalent. It was very but we bland. had like AOL and like yeah. the dial up, and you couldn't use the, the phone. Yeah, the noise. You couldn't use the phone while you had like while you were on the uh, internet, and it was so and slow compared to what we well, use compared now. to what we have now. But think about the time you could reach out and meet at someone you'd never met before. And AOL granted, it was instant slow. messenger. AOL instant messenger room, chat that. rooms. Yeah. Okay, uh, you know. We look back on it as being slow, but I think people our age at the time were probably like, "Holy shit, this, this is amazing!" Is yeah, you know, much. I still like every once in a while in my my peripheral, if I like, I like I'm like just drifting off into space for a second, I'll hear that little dial up tone. <laughs> I know you, yeah. you can't. And that you know what? <laughs> Modern generations of children should be raised having to listen to that goddamn thing at least once a day. Yeah, because you know they they have no respect for us old times. <laughs> well, it's interesting though because like you like pretty much. When you were, like, young, like, that was kind of already in its infancy and moving up, so it was kind of going with you. Yeah. And, like, well, we... What are you... <laughs> sorry, you did... Well, you, see, you made yourself sound like, like a really old person. When you were a kid, well, that would have been... Well, I'm saying is, like, it's funny, because, like, we, we only Comparatively, have... Comparatively, because we have a seven-year age gap, so... We have a seven-year age gap, so... Yeah. Seven years between us. Oh, yeah, because Ashley's a year uh, older than me. Uh-huh. But if you think about it, though, like, for you and me... I'm the youngest. When we were kids... Mm-hmm. The only thing we knew about internet-wise stuff was the BBS. Like, people would talk about you could get on BBS boards. Yeah. And, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> um, it was basically kind of like equivalent of you go to a forum. It was basically yeah. that was what yeah. the internet was. Okay. It was the only way to access it. It was That was pretty much like, it. Graphics were very grainy. Uh, well, there just, wasn't really graphics. It was still kind of that Apple yeah. IIe-esque kind of just... Black and green screens, and you could dial well, up. Yeah, like yeah. you could, if you want to play a game, you played like a uh, text adventure game. Yeah, like muds. Oh, oh my God. now we're dating ourselves with a muds. See, that is before my time. Yeah, because by the time I was I never like, really old enough involved, to be but... aware of anything, I was in like early nineties. Yeah. so that was already well, like I mean, chugging forward with stuff. Well, yeah. it was like Prodigy and AOL were kind of like the real way to take that to the next level. AOL was what I and was like up on. you think about it, it was even still like. Three or four years into AOL before you had the web, yeah, because like AOL the was just an infra- infra- what, it was just yeah. an infrastructure. AOL was just kind of like cool. I can read articles and such and all this basic stuff, but it wasn't like content that was upgrading every hour yeah. or every yeah. five minutes or whatever. Every second. Uh, and again, and maybe that that also leads to a lot of modern problems because there's such input flooding going on. Yeah, there There's really is. There's too much, you know, we've become so connected that we're over-connected, I think. Yeah, no, we yeah. really are. And and I find it hard to, to deal with, but the young kids now, think about the second, third graders. I can't imagine. This is part of their regular life, this yeah. over-connectivity. I can't so. imagine yeah. growing up with this already at my fingertips yeah, it's, all the time. That was always there. Yeah, but again, talk to an 80-year-old person about TV. Yeah. yeah, they'll tell you. Right. I remember when there wasn't a TV, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and they've what, seen this advanced of technology. For our parents, it was like we started from like my dad was radio drama. Mm-hmm. It's like he used to teach me about like listening to the shadow and stuff oh, like yeah. that. Yep. Yep. And like hearing about the radio drama, I was like, that's really fascinating. I mean, you get a good taste of it watching if you've watched Marvel's Agent mm-hmm. Carter. Um, you have Ralph Garman, who's the announcer, who is from uh, Kevin Smith's podcast Hollywood Babylon, and he's the announcer on the radio drama. And you're watching them do their whole yeah, shows, yeah. and that was. Entertainment. What they had, and yeah. then you go to three channels, to six channels, or whatever, and then you get UHF and cable, and yeah. now we have all this broadband and Jesus. But it's so amazing, <laughs> and we bitch and moan where I'm like, "Why am I only getting twenty five down and sixty five yeah. up? What's uh, going on with my connection?" Uh, That's actually me right now. I'm. I'm are you I'm really having connectivity issues? Oh, that yeah. oh, speaking of which, I think Verizon's coming out tomorrow morning. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, they're coming to look at it, or yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. Well, hopefully you solve your issues, sir. <laughs> 
Well, my connections are still fairly high for, mm-hmm. for the yeah. average person, but Compared for what you do. But what yeah. I'm paying for, yeah. not yeah. quite. No, I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> but it is crazy comparatively, like, how much has changed. I mean, that's why there are a lot of, like, these issues with social media that mm-hmm. crop up. Like, you know, people complain about, oh, the oversensitivity or, like, this, that, mm. and the third. Mm. But the reality yeah. is... We are the generations that are dealing with the repercussions of internet culture. Yeah. So well, we're, we're the, pioneering through this all this yep. mess. Yep. So, I mean, like, protocol hasn't been established. Like, regulations haven't been established. Yeah. yeah. We're working on it. Yeah. And yeah. so that's why a lot of these, like, a lot of people talking about things and discussing everything is so important. Mm. Because we're all trying to wade through and figure out policy, figure out how to right. it's a level manage of- everything. You can only put so much faith in people to do the right thing. Yeah. And then there's, you have to, you then every site also has to policy it because it's each site's individual respo- uh, responsibility to do that. Yeah. There yeah. is not some giant like band hammer that will all of a sudden wipe that stuff out because unfortunately everything's gotten so large well, so quick. The law's got to yeah. catch up too. That's the other thing. That's you're you're the, still dealing with, uh, yeah, yet. you're it's still dealing with a, uh, a, a very gray area because no one is really sure what the boundary is. Yeah. You know, right. Where have you crossed the line? And you're starting to see it in court cases and things now. You are. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like Facebook threats. Yeah. Facebook threats. Where well, is a Facebook a threat gun. a threat? And where is it just in well, here's freedom a great of one. expression? One of the things we wanted to discuss tonight was yep. um, there is an issue of a comic book coming out uh, from DC's line. Um, it's uh, coming out in June. And it is Batgirl number 41. Yep. Um, I, unfortunately, I cannot... Pronounce the name of the artist. I feel really uh, Raphael uh, Alberg. Doodle daddle. Yeah, it, there's a lot of vowels. Raphael starts. Raphael A. Let's start. Yeah. Let's just say Kitty that. Puss yeah. Foot. But so, um, he was building a variant, right? And this is a variant. A variant this cover. isn't even the the, the main. Yeah. Cover, so, yeah. So basically, yeah. what it is is um, every couple months, DC will take their entire line of books that they come out with, and they'll come up with a theme for variant covers across all of their issues of books that are coming out. Um, if you've ever been online and have seen the DC bombshells, it's 1950s interpretations. Those were beautiful. Yeah. Um, that was like a, one of their months of variants. And yeah, they recently did one, I think that just finished up last month or this current month. That's, uh, uh, interpretations of classic movies or, um, cult films for all their characters. Like Teen Titans looked like the Lost Boys cover, <laughs> which that's is really adorable. cool. But I didn't even know there was a Teen Titans uh, comic book. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, that's don't watch the, the modern Teen Titans. Teen Titans go not good. Uh, Young Justice oh. was excellent. The and the original Teen Titans. Teen Titans was really good. God, the original Teen Titans on, on Cartoon Network was amazing. amazing the show. new one is um, I'm actually planning on um, purchasing on Amazon. You need to watch it. You would absolutely okay. adore it. It's no, no, really the original one was amazing. Well, like, that's actually, like, the orig- the um, Teen Titan comic books are actually what got me into comics, but they were, um, Young they Ju- were very different. Young they Justice is closer like, to the Jeff Young Johns Justice, run you yeah, read. Okay. That's closer to what I read. The original Teen Titans is those character models that are Teen Titans Go, but not SD form. Okay. Um, it's those models, and it's very much like that 12 to 13 year old range. Yeah. But... They go from some slapsticky stuff to really vicious, hard, gut punching stuff like teenage stuff, okay. which is kind of surprising for a Cartoon Network show. So, Very cool. yeah, but yeah. anyway, so getting onto the variant topic is June uh, after DC's Convergence finishes wrapping up, they're going to be um, going back and finishing up a couple big plot lines and storylines. So they're doing a big Joker month. So every book is getting a Joker cover variant. And um, if you know Batgirl history, Barbara Gordon Batgirl, mind you, Babes. not um, the Black Cat, uh, Black Bat, or uh, Stephanie Brown, yeah. but um, 
For Babs, if you've ever read Alan Moore's *The Killing Joke*, you it's know a lot. Comic of, book lore. It like is. That is. Yeah, no, that that's that is Barbara Gordon getting shot in the spine by the Joker. Uh, if you've ever played a Batman Arkham, and, and that might not be all, because my understanding yeah. is well, very. We'll, we'll get yeah. into that actually. But, sorry, I didn't mean to cut so, you off. But if you played Batman, um, you know Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, now Arkham Knight, uh, you ever see Barbara Gordon sitting in the wheelchair as Oracle? Mm-hmm. That is the reason why. Yeah. Um, well, since then, with the new Fifty Two, they've worked around that that exists, but um, they're trying to move beyond that point. So it's Babs in the suit again. So the cover right now for the variant issue for number forty one is Joker in his attire from the Killing Joke. So it's the Hawaiian shirt, mm-hmm. uh, the camera around his neck, and uh, the big wide brimmed straw purple hat. Yeah. Um, wiping a blood bat across Barbara's lips. Holding a gun to the side of her head and her crying. Well, it's, it's the, yeah. the yeah, the guns over oh, her gun shoulder, over her shoulder, it, and very casual mm-hmm. violence yeah. tone to it. I mean, it's, that's the Joker it's though in a nutshell. Deeply disturbing. It is, but that book is like I guess the reason why I don't have, and I mean, I'm pretty like rah rah, you know, on social issues and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But I actually don't have an issue with that specific cover because I read the book because Killing Joke is seriously fucked up. Yeah. And I feel like if you put, like, I mean, the cover is what you expect to find in the book. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's a better warning as to what's in the book for people than to have something that's, like, not a good representation. You know? I mean, you And it's beautiful art. I mean, it's no, very it, it fucked up, um, but it does reflect the story. And the story also, is more fucked up than the cover. You also have to think about it, too. Um... The, one of the best memes I saw going around when people were discussing this about everybody getting very up in arms because the reason why we're bringing this up is DC and the artists have decided to pull that yeah. cover from being released. I, I, yeah, and I think DC DC just went along with the uh, Artist. the artist's yeah. decision. I think right. it was uh, more the artist's decision than DC's. Um, That's what it sounds but like. The big thing is ultimately too. I mean, I understand a lot of people getting up in arms about the idea that it was pulled. Uh, and I do understand why certain people may find it very, very offensive, but the reason for the offense, though, you got to think about it in this light. They're not glorifying any form of act, for one. He's a villain. Like, he, he's, he's, he's a puzzle. He's, he's supposed to be. The whole book is showing yeah, what a horrible, like. A tr- yeah, he, he's supposed to be. If you ever read a, a, uh, a geek site's top 100 villains, Joker's always number one. Yeah. He's a sociopath. He is he an is absolute. Chaos. He goes beyond socio. He's yeah. he's, he's he's a psychopath. He is yeah, chaos incarnate. <laughs> like he is yeah. chaos incarnate. Like, chaos and evil. He is not supposed to be a good guy, and so it's not like he's like my like I could see if it was like gratuitous rape or something mm-hmm. like that or anything. But the other thing, again, most of the people who are up in arms, I don't know if they've read the book or not. I but think the they, reality I think is they like have. I, I think it's very important because the thing is like with Killing Joke. Mm-hmm. I'll put it this way. It is subtly implied. It is never but actually overtly stated. It isn't. And, and what we're, I, what we're up when to I read it, you can read into it. Alan, like, he leaves, Alan Moore leaves it, so you can read into it how you want. I chose to read into it that she wasn't. She just had okay. her spine broken, yeah. shot, whatever. She was battered but, and suffering on the floor from a gunshot. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But you can also read into it the fact that he raped her and shot her. And that's, that's my understanding. Is, is Yes, that's probably... Where it went. Taking Alan Moore's overall body of work when it comes to 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 uh, sexual issues. Watchmen. Yeah. The Watchmen. Oh, yeah. Watchmen, Watchmen was, was that moment was very disturbing. Oh uh, yeah, it really was. 
That's a good but point. But Alan um, Moore's his whole thing is illuminating the stuff that's overlooked. Yeah, and, because he brings up those issues that people and makes them uncomfortable yeah. because they should be uncomfortable. And that's my point. Is once you do it, connect to the character. You should be connecting rape with an uncomfortable thing. I give you that. Yeah. So yeah, I do think that like I don't. I guess I don't understand why it's. As much in arms over something like that, when the work itself, I get why it was used. It wasn't mm-hmm. like rape utilized as a cheap ploy or a gratuitous thing or thrown in there or glossed over or cheapened or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was used. You know it's uncomfortable, but it's also something that actually happens. Yeah. And the one reason, too, is, again, going on that topic, um, he does those things in his books for good reasons, as we stated. You feel for Barbara... Because it's, it's implied. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you no. feel ter- terrible for what she went through, but it also makes this villain that much more terrifying. Scarier, well, yeah. That is yeah. the purpose of doing something like that. And the fact that, from an artistic perspective, they chose not to show that and let you imply that. Well, yeah, the yeah. fact that that many people implied that in their brains shows how well that was written and visually given to you. So the fact that that, that cover brings it up I can understand those people feeling that way, but yeah. you have to also well, the, remember, this is, if you have to come up with a quintessential list for this character, his existence in this this world of comics mm-hmm. for DC as a whole, this is one of his most defining moments ever. Yeah. And I've seen a hundred covers of him in the Hawaiian shirt with a camera around his neck. The game uh, Injustice that was made by Warner Brothers and... Um, DC and the guys that made uh, Shadow Realms for, or Nether Realm Studios from Mortal Kombat. That is a downloadable yeah. costume for him to wear. That is bringing up those ideas in your head. It is that icono- uh, well, uh, iconography. I, I, I get that. I just so you got to bear in mind too, though. There's there's probably a lot here that deals with uh, uh, you know the perspectives. Yeah. You know how old is the Killing Joke? Or we we're going back a couple. I mean, twenty five years, um, something like that. I will, I will punch it. Yeah, punch it. but I want to say I think it's somewhere in the twenty five year range. Yeah, you know, I think the conversations around those kinds of issues twenty five years ago um, are not as open as the conversations we have nowadays. Well, they're that's not. True. I, I do agree with and, that, and that's driving a lot of the strife. The the the, uh, the group of gamers who shall not be mentioned uh, <laughs> it would be one example. The men's rights. Oh Jesus! There's a well, an I've ultra feminism. That. Don't get me wrong. There, I'm not. That's you know, just as bad. No, I, it's very it is. True. I look. I look at the, the extremists. All the extremists within the conversation. We're almost 20 years from that. It was March okay. 1988. 88. Okay. Oh, that's when I was born. Um, you know, I almost think I think what what overly so wait, sensitive. No, if it was 88, then it was 27 years. Yeah. Oh, 30. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. Well, 88, 97. To I'm turning 27 yeah. this year. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're talking. <laughs> I know my age. Damn 30. it. Yeah, Let's call it 25 years. But nonetheless, I, I think maybe certain people looked at it. You know, even a passing reference is a nod back to a time where eh, it happened, and we're just not going to talk about it. And I yeah. think that may be. But Alan Moore is also not that type of writer. Oh no, Alan Moore doesn't give a shit. Let's be very solid about that. Alan Moore. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He's he's very yeah. visceral. He's very, you know, about just putting, like you said earlier, putting it out there. Yeah. This is this is the reality within which we live, you know, and but you have to deal with this. I guess the, what but. I find interesting about that, though, is, okay, what is with the um, movement to make people aware of rape? Mm-hmm. That's what they're trying to do is 
put it out there that it is a horrible, uncomfortable thing that happens because so many oh, yeah, people yeah. try to sweep it under the rug. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. That, so that is an example in comic books where I would say it's actually, yeah, it's a horrible thing, but it's treated as a horrible thing. It's, you know, it's not like, but it's also not done in a gratuitous manner. In the yeah, in, yeah, yeah, and that's respectful. Yeah, yeah. But then it's also, I don't know. My point is like it's he like because I'm thinking Watchmen at this point, but like I mean with Watchmen too, it's like he. Yeah, the comedian in Silk Spectre. Well, yeah, that was yeah. really. And you fucked know up. it's fucked up. Uh, yeah, but that's like people should feel more fucked up about rape. That's I think the biggest like thing with a lot of people who are trying to bring it to the forefront with that movement and yeah. keep like bringing it up and bringing it up is because people want people to understand uh, how fucked up yeah. it is. Well, but to get back to how we got here it's important <laughs> no but it's important to note yeah. uh, from what we were reading earlier about this topic uh, part of the reason that the, this was pulled wasn't because of the complaints from people that were concerned about it yeah. it was because and this is becoming unfortunately a very regular I habit know. in our communication sphere nowadays. Yeah. People complained because it was unsettling and then another group came in and started to make direct threats against those that were complaining. And that's why and my I understanding respect is the, that's why it was pulled was and because I respect people the were decisions for I do that respect reason. that a lot because if they pulled it because of some people being uneasy I'm like yeah. This is a that's fictional kind of character. Open yeah. discourse and disagreements are important. It's part yes, of any democratic is. world. I'm fine with threats being of death, threats of rape. You know, the culture that we live what? in is very scary. That's terrifying. Honestly, yeah. Uh, and and in some like and in some way, it gives a bit of weight to these kinds of topics because you know you look at that picture. Maybe if you haven't existed in that world, nothing bad's ever happened to you. What's the big deal? You know, if something terrible has happened to you, you look at that, that's disturbing, you voice that you're disturbed, and yeah. then you're attacked that's in a very vicious manner. That's, that's kind of horrible. Ultimately, yeah. you know what I find the most disappointing somewhat about this whole situation is people get up in arms because of something that's implied. Mm-hmm. What if that cover was this? It was the Joker in his normal, like, purple suit attire with his arm around Jason Todd. With a crowbar hanging where that gun is. Mm-hmm. Would people say anything? Because he beat a 13-year-old kid to death with a crowbar. Uh, some people might, honestly. But you know what? I don't think but anybody I don't know. would. <sighs> In all honesty, it's I don't think anybody would bring that up. That's the sad truth about this whole mess. And, and that that's argument... Like a, no, that's interesting to think of. That, that is, argument is being made. That uh, is murdering a child versus something that is not even written as... Specific. It is meant as an implied potential thing. Yeah, but but that's know. sad though to think about. I'm sure because you know murder is so permanent. It is sexual trauma is a wound that you have to. I don't know. And I mean, well, we don't want to get into too deep of it. It is yeah. a complex. It's I'm so not definitely trying to lessen one or no, the other I get at all. Yeah, I wasn't trying. But to I'm just saying, it. it's like I'm actually kind of curious now to go through that June solicitation because there's 52 books mm-hmm. that yeah. are coming out, and I guarantee there's at least one on there because I know there's a Red Hood book. And I'm very curious to see what that... What the reaction... What the Red be. Hood okay. cover is for the Joker. Yeah. I mean, because if that is involving him coming down on somebody with a crowbar, like a, a, a kid... I mean, granted, Jason Todd is aged in the comic line now. Yeah. But still, there's nothing right with killing an 18 or 19-year-old No, kid. I get you. Yeah. Well, it'd yeah. be the same thing as... A, I mean, like, didn't he torture him, too? Or was there... I mean, if you watch does torture. Best, um, best I'm thinking, adaptation... No, I'm thinking of out. Tim Drake, aren't I? 
No, you're thinking of uh, Jason Todd. Jason Todd was... Am I thinking of Jason No, no, no. Wasn't there a Batman Beyond movie where... Well, yeah. Well, there was the Drake? movie that's the Return of the Joker is movie. Is that with... Which Robin that's is Tim. that, though? That's Tim. Because that was really fucked up. Because he comes out like... as Like, he his mind is, like, fucking broken Destroyed by Chad. the end of Okay. It. Yeah. Like... He basically tortured a nine-year-old kid to the point where he broke him so bad that he thought like the Joker. Ouch. The, the, like he, thought, like, he I, I'm, I was not, and I'm, I'm not a giant comic book reader. That's probably obvious. But I was not aware of how it's the, an ani- it's an animated movie. The psychosis of the Joker really well, goes. This way. He's Do you dark, know the Killing so. Joke? Have you ever read the Killing Joke? No, I, all Let I, I know about it is the tiniest, is, shortest synopsis yeah. I can come up with. Okay. And I can probably do it in about a minute. So the idea is this: Joker's idea is they tell the backstory and the closest thing to an origin for the Joker they've hmm. ever told at this point in time. So. They were telling the backstory of there was this guy who was married to a girl. They were about to have a kid. He was super broke, so he took a job with a crime organization, the Red Hood organization, which is the classic mm-hmm. old school Joker origin, which mm-hmm. the dude in the Red Hood falls in the vat of chemicals. Shit goes wrong with the job, obviously. He falls in the, uh, that day of that event, he finds out his wife died, heating up a baby bottle, testing a bottle warmer. That killed him, uh, his wife and his unborn child, mm-hmm. and he had nothing else to live for, so he does the job. Then he falls into the vat of chemical, uh, chemicals after the first encounter with the bat. Okay. And it was the idea was he was trying to prove to ever, uh, to James Gordon, Detective mm-hmm. Gordon. Yeah, because that bad that girl was you have, his daughter, right? Right. Yeah. That if that you have the worst day of your life, it could be enough to turn you into somebody like him. Mm-hmm. That was it the whole premise of you. it. It's the idea that yeah. enough pressure. So that was the whole break. idea of that book okay. was to show psychological torture and what that does to a human being in their psychosis. So most of the book is um, not actually against Babs. It's most of it is him against doing Gordon. mental well, fuck yeah, games yeah. with like it's, Gordon. He has Gordon naked, Babs was the tied to a funhouse roller coaster ride, showing him slides of his daughter being Which, beaten. That almost and, sounds like the Dark Knight series in a way, where with with uh, Two Face. Where the Joker is basically doing exactly what you just mentioned to, to Two-Face to prove... Or, right. Sorry, to... It draws uh, uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah, such a hard, hard but yeah. drastic yeah, level. Yeah, I yeah. mean, and they're doing all this stuff. I mean, and that's what that whole premise of the book was, is he wanted to see if he could turn Gordon into what he was. Hmm. That was the whole reason for okay. it. Okay. And it was really vicious to see and to know that that is... The other implication with that was uh, with... Um, the Killing Joke, I just found out from you that recently, the which ending. is the ending, which is really interesting, and it's obviously not canon. They didn't keep, like, because it's an implication. Well, the, actually, not, this whole book is not canon. They chose They just chose that. the one aspect of, like, Babs being um, paralyzed. Yeah, yeah. But um, I really like the the one thing at the end. What's the scene? Okay, so um, at the very end of The Killing Joke, and this was brought up by, I believe, Batman um, confronts at the end, Neil Adams, another huge person involved in DC Comics lore. Um, and it was him or Grant Morris, I couldn't remember, they were talking to Kevin Smith on Batman on Batman, uh, which is a Batman-centric podcast, obviously. Um, so what they were doing is they were saying what was really interesting about that book that was everything was so implied. Every, uh, nothing was ever right in your face about everything that happened, minus mm-hmm. the torture of Jim Gordon. And it gets to the end. Batman saves Detective Gordon. He, he goes away, or Commissioner Gordon, I apologize. Um, and... It, the end is right in front of Arkham Asylum, and it's Batman and the Joker standing in front of the gates of Arkham Asylum in the ring. Hmm. And Joker kind of sighs, and he tells Batman a joke. Um, and um, basically, you know, the joke plays out, punchline hits, and there's silence. And then Batman starts to laugh, 
And then, like, the shot of the image pulls out and him laughing really heavy, like that super over-the-top, like, crazy, kind of almost Joker-esque laugh. Yeah. yeah. If you've ever seen it in fun, yeah. where it's the small uh, H-ha-ha-ha-ha, yeah. like it's bigger and bigger yeah. and yep. takes, it yep. encroaches half of the page. And... And then all of a sudden, it's him putting his sh- his hand on Joker's shoulder, and then Joker putting his hand on his shoulder, and it's them laughing in unison. And then it goes to a shot of just nothing. Oh, really? Okay. It's it's the landscape, and yeah. then it goes to a shot of a puddle, and there's no laughing anymore. And Alan Moore um, looked like he implied that what he was trying to break. Detective Gordon, he actually he broke, broke Bruce, yeah, and yeah. Bruce kills the Joker. Yeah, I, it is I meant to read be something a lot about of people that. Yeah. Hey, an actual literal killing. Yeah. Oh no, yeah, like it's he choked him that... to death. Yeah, like yeah. he broke his neck. Yeah, like which he... kind of get back to the title, the killing joke. Yeah, right. Yeah, and yeah. you have to remember any graphic novel that was ever published by DC that was not a part of the main continuity, like which a trade, meant they could do things. Which like meant that. was it was they allowed to be anything. Like yeah, not in you could have killed Batman there, and it would have mattered to the actual universe. That is considered if you go back to the nine. If you ever heard of DC's Elseworlds, that oh, is basically is so almost considered okay, gotcha. an Elseworlds. Okay, yeah, it was just their own little pod universes where right. what yeah. happens happens. I, I, it was yeah, just, there's sense. a couple couple big ones that happened in DC DC's history for Batman, like yeah. Batman Year One, um, the Dark Knight uh, Dark Knight Returns, Frank Miller, mm-hmm. Dark Knight Strikes Again. Oh yeah, those ones changed what that character was. Year that took him out too. of Year One Hundred, which was much later, which was the late two yep. thousands. But yep, yep, yep. It, it took. It saved that character. Those types of stories saved comics for the you most have part. To, you have to continuously build the mythos. And we've had conversations mm-hmm. on this cast before about like yeah. legends. Legends. Yeah. As far yeah. as this comic is, books being mythology. Yeah, and, and in a way it is. Because what happens in, in, in all of that is that you have the beginnings. And then you have the stories told and a building up of characters. And a changing of characters to uh, more closely resemble modern uh, ways of doing shit. And yeah. it's just... Yeah, I can see that. The, the, the evolution of the character. And I can't wait. And again, 70. We'll be looking back to still be a Batman War 70. Let's not lie. 50 <laughs> yeah, years from now. So oh my true. god. 40 years from now. My apologies. Shit. <laughs> 40 years from now, there'll still be a Batman. What will you be like? I don't know. Well, I can actually know what, what I want to do is actually not for the, the podcast in mm-hmm. April, but in um, May. I would like to have whoever's on the show. There is a series that's ending right now. For Scott Snyder, he's got one more issue to go. It's called Batman Endgame. And everybody says it is the quintessential Joker book. Okay. Um, even more so than Alan Moore's Killing Joke. Like, it takes it to the next level. And uh, it's the first time it's been something this heavy in continuity. I'd love to see everybody read that and then think about this issue. And is this as much of an issue as far as the, the controversy, the original controversy on the title, not the negative things that happened mm-hmm. to the people that said this is a problem. Um because I do feel for the people that spoke out and said this is an issue, and you had people giving you death threats. That's 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 yeah. fucked that up. Sucks. That's insane. That really that's sucks. Insane. But I mean, again, now I'm really curious to get people's perspectives again on that character that maybe haven't read it in a long time. If you haven't checked it out, it'll it'll probably be out in about a month or so in trade. Called it's this Batman in game by Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. See, that, that sounds like something Check for me to out. pursue because I don't come into this world with a whole lot of uh, background knowledge. Right. It's and tough I'd be to curious. Kind of throw yourself and into it. Well, but I, I'd be willing to see what it does. You've seen yeah. a couple you know. movies. Yeah. You, yeah. All you need to know is very basic this is the Bat Family. This yeah. is Batman and the Joker and go. And that's it. Yeah. So I'm very curious to see what your guys' perspectives right. are on that. Alright. Uh, we'll talk after this about how I can go about yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure that I have the issues, and I'll make sure you get a copy. Okay, of them yes, and you can check yeah, them out. Yep. Yeah. 
But I think right there, um, you know, this whole thing is kind of interesting. But if you can, the, if you are trying to help save that cover, though, I know they're doing um, hashtag save, save the cover, I yeah, believe. Yeah, I don't, I don't think right it's going to happen, but I mean... But if not, you know, if you really think it's, it's an amazing piece of art, which I do think it is, it's, and you do like it, yeah, yeah. you know, find out on Comic Book Resources or anything. Look at it. This may be the last time you'll see it, except floating around the the ether on the internet. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> copy it. The save vast it. cesspool of the internet. Yeah, copy it, save it, because it is a great piece of art. It's a shame to see that this happened, causing this maybe not to come out. Yeah, yeah. But it's a great piece of art, though. Definitely save it. Um, and again, honestly, too, if you haven't been reading Batgirl, uh, the revamp they did with the indie indie writers that have been writing the series now, it's only been a couple issues in. Has it been good? It's been amazing, and you definitely should read it. It really kind of clicks to the late teen audience, kind of more the young adult book crowd. Okay. And it's a really amazingly well-grounded 18, 19-year-old character that really deserves to be read, especially if you didn't have an interest for a long time. Yeah. Especially if you love Marvel movies or anything like that, it's the perfect time to jump on. So, but that's uh, that's our comic chat on this end, so. I am. I have a kitty. You do have a kitty. And with uh, that, uh, maybe break time? I think break time. Break I think time. it's break time. All right, guys. We'll see you in a few. So, Hi. hello. Um, so, uh, the next little discussion we wanted to have was kind of actually, this is a very loaded question. Um, oh, no. So, there's a lot of old franchises that are starting to rear their head again for the first time in a long time. Um, Star Wars, kind of, but kind of. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's existed outside of the movies for a while, but we all also had the prequel Clone trilogy. Wars, we had, uh, we had that. Yeah, now Star Wars Rebels has been running. Rebels, like that. yep. Um, but then Jurassic Park's coming back, uh, which is, I know, a big one for a lot of people. Um, I never thought I'd hear a lot of people being so like, oh my god, hooray. And now like, we have something like Ghostbusters now, too. Yes, that's a kitty. She's so fluffy! <laughs> she looks miserable. <laughs> Why are you people talking? So anyway, <laughs> so the big thing is with a lot of these franchise, uh, franchises coming back brings up a lot of nostalgia, I'm sure, for a lot of us. I mean, I know, like, Kat, for example, like, she's brought up that she loves Ghostbusters. Like, she, that was a big thing for her and her family, like, yeah. back in the day. Like, And the animated uh, TV show. The real Ghostbusters. I, I have, awesome. I have the first season. Very nice. Um, but, um, so with a lot of these things coming back, the question is, like, them coming back, are you worried hearing about what they're planning on doing with the franchises at all? Like, does it does it give you that? Oh my God, they're raping my childhood That's feeling. The, not really necessarily. <laughs> um, and I know there's a lot of people that are reacting to it that way. But that's that's the reason I asked. Is yeah, yeah, so many people are like getting up in arms well, about a lot of things that are happening. Pooping all over childhood. Yeah, pretty Making much. it a reboot is probably why. 
I think that's fair. Yeah, and, and it's not just that it's a reboot. Again, we can touch on what we just talked about. Uh, that feels like with lazy sensitivity. Ho- that's lazy Hollywood in my my mind. It, it's not just lazy Hollywood. You've got an all all female cast. So right off the bat, you're stirring the pot mm. of probably some of the worst right, people let's, out let's, there. Let's, let's, let's state this right off the bat. You bring that up, that means yeah. you were talking about Ghostbusters. I am talking, yeah. Uh, this is directly related to the Ghostbusters okay. conversation. We're going to have a, a uh, nice we, debate we, about this. Okay, so let's hold you, up on that one you, then? No, no. Okay. You, you, no, let's talk. Well, let's do it now. Let's oh, okay. Yeah. No, okay. You tell me your thoughts about that. Well, no, I'll my, bring up my thoughts. Yeah, my, my thoughts on it is is a lot of the reaction is it's twofold. Uh, again, to, to reference it, we all know it's going to be a, a female leading cast. Yeah. Uh, and right off the bat, that's pushing the buttons or stirring the pot of some of the elements out there that are very reactionary. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, it's a reboot. So, you know, had it's this also, just been a continuation uh, of the universe, hey, the original Ghostbusters retired, things got calm, but shit's heating up again, and it just happens to be an all-woman cast that's, you know, come together and is, is continuing the good fight, Yeah, would make it a little bit different... Um, because I, unfortunately, I think maybe the message that certain elements are taking from it is, you know, oh well, you know, the day of the man is past, and mm-hmm. and, and that may be why people think maybe it's oh, shitting no, on their childhood. Oh, manhood is being threatened. Oh, it's, it's being threatened. It is. People are being repressed. Um, you know, but no, I mean, that actually, that actually is probably driving some of that. Oh God. I'm Me, sure. I don't, I don't, I don't have any ill feelings myself. I'm looking Men forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see it. I'm curious where it goes. Um, you know, well, again, it, I wish it wasn't a reboot. Really, I wish it wasn't a reboot. Why it, did we need a reboot for Ghostbusters? That's Um, actually I have mixed feelings on the all-female cast and this is coming from a pretty like I I'd say I'm a pretty staunch feminist mm-hmm. and but like I have mixed feelings on it because my thing is like okay, do a reboot. You want to throw some females in there? Fucking throw some females in there. What's the need of like making it an all-female uh, okay, cast? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, Should be a mixed the, cast. just I make it just make thing. it mixed. Yeah. Throw some new people in there, sure. But like when in in doing um an all-female cast, it smacks you in the face with we're trying to pander. We're trying uh, to pander yes. versus yep. just naturally integrating. I'll give you natural that. Yep. integration of it would be so much better. You would deal with so much less backlash, but it doesn't make the big social statement that we want to make is yeah. look at us, pat us on the back, we're making an all-female Ghostbusters. Okay. Yeah. Now I have to ask. It's an interesting point. Mixed cast. Say you have two guys, two girls. Okay. What would your dream mixed Ghostbusters cast be? Oh. Ooh. Man, holy shit. Doesn't matter. And then we'll get back into the nitty-gritty. See, I don't... We, as we've established in the past, if not, I'm not we're gigantic go. on, like, actors and actresses' names and so on and Look, so on. I know. It's been so long oh, since I watched Lord. Ghostbusters that I could not contribute. I remember the elements You know what? Honestly, plot, honestly, uh, 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 whoever plays Sheldon in Big Bang Theory. <laughs> I Jim, uh, Jim Parsons. Jim Parsons. I could see him as a Ghostbuster. Let me be purely right... Put that out in front. Uh, oh, my Lord. I don't. I don't know. I think as long as they did it well. Yeah, really. That's all that would matter. You know what I would do? I would actually pair two people up. Okay. Um, very specifically from Bridesmaids. And it's not Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy. But it is Kristen Wiig and I can never remember his name. He's in Moon Boy. He is in IT Crowd. Um, oh, it's um the guy who played... Oh, fuck. What is his name? I, oh, my God. Chris O'Dowd. Chris O'Dowd. Yeah. Okay. But they played opposite each other Oh, they were Bridesmaids, hilarious. But they're both incredibly funny. Have you seen yeah. IT Crowd? I have not seen IT Crowd. Okay, Price. he's yeah. phenomenal. But I would take those two. Then I would take... Dry Irish humor. Tina Fey. Oh, that yeah. That would be awesome. I could see Tina Fey. Yeah. And then I would take Seth Rogen. 
Yeah. Um, no, because it's yeah. four different styles of comedy. It is, it, it styles. is, but I'm not a huge Seth Rogen fan anymore. That's fair. I was. But you know what? Has Seth Rogen played? But he smokes way too much no, it nowadays, and yeah. it shows. Here's the thing, Chris O'Dowell. You have him play the Bill Murray kind of. Well, who's, who's Chris O'Dowell? I'm sorry. Chris O'Dowell is from the IT, I, uh, IT crowd. crowd. Yeah. Okay, well, who? who um, and I, I again, this shows my lack of knowledge. Who was it? Guardians of the Galaxy. The, the gentleman. Chris, Chris Pratt. Chris Actually, Pratt he'd be better probably, than uh, Seth yeah. Rogen. I think, okay, then let's, let's replace Chris Pratt. Let's I think him in. Pratt yeah, would, Chris Pratt would be awesome. Yeah, uh, his work in Community shows his ability to be funny. You mean uh, uh, Parks and Rec? Or Parks and Rec. Yeah. My apologies. Parks oh, and Rec. That's okay. I've been wa- I started watching that recently. Isn't it good? So let's say Chris, Chris Pratt. Let's say Chris Pratt. Because then you all have talented comedians. Like the original Ghost. Exactly. Let's say he plays like the acrid S yeah, role. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. I think he'd be a fit. I Tina Fey would be amazing. I would pick Kristen Wiig because she's such a dry humor. She is. She's got a I give her the Egon esque role, and Tina Fey nice fits in on like a gender swap kind yeah. of thing. And Tina Fey comes in and plays a Winston the level head. Yeah, like yeah. what the fuck are we doing? She would yeah. be fantastic uh, in that role. Boom! We just see we, we uh, fixed Ghostbusters. We fixed Ghostbusters. Yeah. God, take notes. That, that <laughs> would be a dream cast. It, I, it yeah. would be amazing. Uh, yeah. I think that would work. And again, I don't know a whole lot about the the actresses that are going to be going into it. Uh, I get the feeling like they're not necessarily well established. I might be uh, wrong. I'll put this up. Are well, they? Well, it's Christian Wiig and Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. Um, I I understand that people that like Melissa McCarthy, I that she has a very distinct style of comedy. Okay. It's that very Chris Farley esque style of comedy. Ah. She is that way. I don't find it that way. I know, Chris Farley, I liked to an extent, but I liked when he played opposite of somebody like David Spade. Yeah. Yeah. David have that Spade give take gave. There was a perfect I just love David take. Spade. Yeah, yeah. David Spade's phenomenal. He was a llama. But the re- <laughs> the reason that humor works though is you need yeah, somebody dry to work again. against somebody that's so over the top. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like because it balances. About, think about Melissa McCarthy. One of her big movies she was in was um, I, I, it wasn't Tammy. It was uh, the one where it was the identity theft thing, and she stole Jason. Oh yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Jason Bateman's I saw the previews for it, yeah. but Jason Bateman's very dry, so yeah, I can yeah. see that working dry. off very well yeah. because it's yeah. that very over the top versus somebody that plays that dead it's goofy, yeah. yeah. And that, I could see that working. Like I never saw the film, but I would imagine their dynamic would it was have probably worked. very, very energetic. Yeah, and which is why she worked so well in Bridesmaids because she played up against Kristen Wiig, who plays very dry, gotcha. it's super dry. Yeah. Which and the thing is, I will give. Um, Paul Fig, um, the producer on this film, who is kind of front running us, he pulled from a list of people that are all SNL style comedians. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Think about the original Ghostbusters cast; all of them all were SNL, SNL style, style comedians. comedians. Yeah. So that actually could be pretty good. So it, well, you'd have a historical connotation to it to a certain degree. Granted, granted, not all of them have actually. But worked then with now SNL, they're doing but... another Ghostbusters, a second one. What do you With mean? all and then oh, all male cast. You didn't hear about this. I have this is news yeah. to me. Now they're doing a rebuttal one. It's so dumb. It's, Just fucking integrate them instead of having boys well, and girls club. Well, is it being this done by the stupid. same group? I mean, well, here's same the thing. Company? It's the same studio. Yeah. And you are getting Ivan Reitman, who is responsible for the original Ghostbusters, and Dan Aykroyd, also responsible for the original Ghostbusters. Uh, this is coming out and saying, hey, we're also doing a guys one too, and the other person that's involved in it is Channing Tatum. Okay, this that that is a purely monetary decision. Well, yeah. you know hey, look, there's a lot of pushback. Let's give those paying customers what they want. But you know what? Doesn't that immediately destroy the reason to do the, the first other one? one? Yeah, because you're announcing it, another movie. No, it doesn't. Because people, how, be, how does it? Because they're playing to two entirely different crowds. <laughs> but here's and, a, and what they see is is doubling up on their money. Because there are people that are flat out not going to go and see. Okay. 
the original reboot that we're talking about because but it's the same it, it's, it's the same living. universe they're doing a that. shared universe kind of like a marvel cinematic universe uh, i get that but it, it really this comes down to bottom dollar but that does, is a very know, cynical push but to get this, as much money out I, as possible I think though this is like a nail in a coffin though for the all-female cast because here's uh, the thing you're in, that movie has not even been given a release date yeah okay yeah and you already are announcing another one being filmed in conjunction that is the all-male cast Think about who is the core demographic that the studio has in mind for a Ghostbusters film. Actually, it would be like having, okay, we're going to do the Star Wars reboot, and then all of a sudden, you know, right after it, well, we didn't like the idea, for, or people were complaining about that idea for the Star Wars movie, so we're going to release another one, like, right here. No, it is. It's it's the the idea of, we're going to reboot Star Wars, and people get up in arms, and they're halfway through production, it's like, oh, but we're also going to make episode seven. But again, yeah, I was going to say, I don't know how far advanced uh, the uh, all-female Ghostbusters is, as far as, like, you know, finances... Yeah. Shooting, all of that goes. I think any time there is a large outcry in any direction, somebody is going to try and monetize it. Yeah. And that's this is what's happened. I, I do believe fruit. both will be released. I do believe both will probably uh, cater to whatever their select audiences are. And they're, they're both, un- I almost said unfortunately, they're both going to make money. Let's not lie. No, Ooh, no. I'm going to go see both of them. I just of- now found out about the second one. I intended to see the, the, the first of the reboots. Yeah. I'm going to see both of them. I think this seems to me to be a very shrewd uh, monetary push. You know, well, and that's what's, sad. What's kind of <laughs> makes, sad. but, but that's, that's like, what Hollywood does. They're not there just to entertain. They're there to entertain and, and make, make money. money off of that yeah. entertainment. I mean, that's hand in hand. And at the same time, there's a part of me that feels bad for Reitman and um, Ackroyd because they've been trying to do the third Ghostbusters film forever. Yeah. Like, they've been, they had script after script after script kicked away from Hollywood and said, we don't want to touch it. We yeah. don't think it's going to do business. And now all of a sudden they're like, well, here's your movie. Yeah. Well, because there's pushback. Things have changed. And, and what's changed is, is when it comes to movies nowadays, uh, it has become much more uh, fiscally driven. And uh, again, obviously every movie is out there to make money. But, you know, Hollywood has realized we can spend a whole lot of money on taking a chance and maybe not recoup that. Or we can deliver something that we know is we'll gonna make a hundred million, two hundred million over uh, over the summer because because of it's nostalgia's proven. sake and because of nostalgia because people loved it back then and they will give it a chance at least now. Yeah, and and investors, everybody, I think, and they, everything's changing. It's investors changing nowadays that. want an immediate return on their investment. They do, you yeah. know, and Hollywood is responding to that. I so mean, if this continues and actually makes it into a cinematic universe, no one would love to see if they get to a third film. Take. The best actors and best actresses of from both. both two, and just make one movie, and goddamn yeah. integrate them, yeah. people. Like it's ridiculous. Well, there's there's politics too. I mean, we we all think about the movie theater. You know, the movie studios are probably as rife with political BS as any other work environment. So you've got groups working against each other, undercutting each other, while smiling and acting like we're backing each other up. I mean, that's yeah. well, that's the nature of the beast. The but. Motion Picture Association of America is in such turmoil, though, too, right now. Because you have to think about it. How many films are getting released direct to Netflix, streaming services... VOD, whatever you yeah. want to call it, versus going to the theaters. Change, she is a coming. Mm-hmm. It's, well, it's that's there. the truth. Yeah. No, I mean, it's there. It, you have to play to core demographics if you want those blockbuster, quote-unquote, films, those popcorn movies. Yeah. You have to play up to everybody. Yeah, yeah. Which, honestly, hey, man, that kind of uh, uh, drops into another point that had been been made as far as playing it to everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How are people reacting 
well, as again, as like these Bratz. niche as these niche um, 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 cult classics start to become more enveloped by you know yeah. other people that are just like ah I'm jumping on the bandwagon. I mean, what's what's oh that doing God. to the community? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, well, it, it, let's the, be, I saw it first. Well, let's let's call it what it is. It's geek entitlement. There That's you go. exactly what it is. There it you is. go. It's the same people that when Michael uh, Michael Bay comes out and says, I'm making Transformers, and here's the details about mm-hmm. the movie. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, you know, everybody's like, oh, well, it, it's going to be awesome because it's a Transformers movie. And those same fans, they walk out of the theaters like, Michael Bay raped my child. Yeah. George <laughs> Lucas. Oh, uh, George Lucas. <laughs> Dear God. <laughs> yeah, but I'm going to call it that. <laughs> From now on, if you had Lucas, that would be amazing. Oh my but, God, like, there's no, nothing to be amazing. The old one has done amazing things for charity and great universes. But George Lucas is hilarious because it's kind of like I have this <laughs> nagging pain for some reason. It's all my tongue tripped over itself. I George get, Lucas raped yeah. my I think child. It was yeah, intentional. Yeah. No, uh, he gave you lupus. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm just gonna say that now from here on out, nobody raped my childhood anymore. They just gave me lupus. Oh, good God! It's a low like. Low disease that's uh, this eats no. at you for years and years and years, and that's that. But that's no, I, George Lupus there there are entitlement issues, and the entitlement issues kind of worry me. I mean, when you've got people that are like, ah, "I'm the super fan, and this was my thing," they inadvertently drive away new blood to uh-huh. those franchises. Or when, people like, that are gonna come or in when the a, movie does come out and they sit there and nitpick, well, this color wasn't the exact gradient yeah. of la di da da di da bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Like, does it really fucking matter? It, it does to the extreme elements of the geek community. Well, you know what the best thing is? Just looking across from you, you've got a Star Wars shirt on. I Actually, I've got a Star Wars shirt on, too. I don't! Um, I have um, a yellow shirt on. You do. It's yellow. At least it's not a red shirt. But think about uh, it. But a Great team death. The Star Wars trailer comes out a couple months past. Yep. And immediately you heard two loud, loud fucking roars from the geek community. Mm-hmm. There's a black stormtrooper! Everything's over! Why is there a cross a yeah. crossbar on the fucking lightsaber? That doesn't make any sense scientifically. They'll hurt themselves, blah, 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 blah. Let me just point out it doesn't make any sense scientifically. But continue with your point. But no. <laughs> But I'm saying that's the issue. Everybody no, I like, saw those trailers and were like, it's like, but all the clone troopers were from here. Well, and they're all supposed to be the same gender and blah, blah, like, and they're all supposed to look the exact same way and from the same race. And I'm like, no. Star Wars, yeah, it's an evolving it's, world. Yeah. There's people that got involved. Just don't think about the prequels. It's just as bad as yeah. the comic Well, here, here, here's the thing with the Storm... Uh, let's, let's be honest. We never saw under the buckets of the original Stormtroopers. No. We did. The only stormtroopers that ever removed their helmets were Han, Han and, Luke. and Luke. That was it. Yeah. We don't um, know. You know, so maybe that was a bit of a reaction. Now, the clone troopers, we were all aware once you get to the right parts of the movie. Oh, they're all him. They're all Django. Django, you know. Yeah, they're all Django. And, and the only that time, makes sense. the only time we ever saw really personalities underneath the hoods was... Clone Wars, the the cartoon show. Yeah, uh, yes, and you Absolutely. saw nice, uh, distinct personalities yep. through each of them, and they all even visually looked different, even with the same face. Well, they had their own ways of showing their individuality. Right. Which, well, like, when you think about a clone community, <laughs> hey, getting all the way back to Orphan Black, guess what? That's probably what would happen. Right, <laughs> they're yeah. not carbon copies. But you think about it though, too. No, like they, they kind of show that. Well, the old ways didn't work through the yeah. course of. Star Wars evolving in the movies, even through George Lucas. It makes you, it makes you wonder if people lost their shit when they realized who Lando Calrissian was. Did people lose their shit in that movie? Like, oh my god, the 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 owner of Cloud City was a black man. Did it matter? I actually wonder. I, I don't I'm know. Curious. Probably uh, not. 
Well, and again, I mean, the original love, Star Wars, there are so few African Americans. Look at the time period, though. I mean, like, uh, whatchamacallit, Blazing Saddles did a lot of commentary on that, you know? Yeah, yeah. There was a, So, I mean, there probably Holy was God. I want to talk about a movie that wouldn't be made nowadays. Oh, my God. But it was so <laughs> in your face about everything. It, I loved it. it. But that's necessary. It I is. Think that's what's lacking from today's conversation. But um, Yeah, because people, you know what? People are tiptoeing around everything because they don't know how to talk to each other anymore. So, yeah. they're afraid to... I don't think we ever in. did. I don't think we ever knew how to talk to each other. No. Honestly, we're still trying to figure that oh. out. No, I'm being honest. It's Learning communication. Yeah, yeah. But... Uh, no, but what was the other side of that? Because we, we've identified the people that lost their shit over well, nitty-gritty details. But, though, like, uh, well, it's not the other side of it, though. Like, really, that's the biggest thing. Think about, like, we're also dealing with culture, though, too. It's also really hard to enjoy a lot of movies. Say, for example, you're very ingrained in internet culture. Mm-hmm. Like, you have your sites that you go to. Like, for me, like, I can tell you this now. I go to IGN every day. I go to M4G every day, which I know I shouldn't because yeah. it's a full of clickbait articles, but there's sometimes really good shit there. Okay. Well, then I'll go to comicbookmovie.com and I'll go flip through all these articles and I see spoiler after spoiler about this is found out about this new movie and this oh, and this and this. Yeah, yeah. That's geek entitlement too, to another extent, because we feel like because it's happening, we have the ability to see what's happening all over the world. We should be privy to all the information that's happening as it's happening. Yeah, yeah. Does that, that also ruins movies. It does, it does. Because I mean, if you get if you get a preset idea or, or too much, blo- you, it's why go, why bother? It goes from seeing it. what it was 15, 20 years ago where you saw a trailer. Maybe you saw two trailers. One of them Tops. was like three months before a movie. Another one was a month before a movie. And then all Not you had a year was and posters half. to go on. Not a year yeah. and a half teaser where I got to see these tiny little scenes. Mm-hmm. And then these tiny little scenes. And then six mm-hmm. months later, I got to see this, 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 this. Then I got to see all these behind-the-scenes footage features and all these images of what all these characters are going to look like. You no longer have an expectation. It kind of sets you up for failure too, though, because whatever you imagine in your head, the movie just can't possibly be that. Yeah, but I mean, when you have so many elements in play, like for example, my favorite movie-going experiences from like the last year, I loved going to see Kingsman and Guardians of the Galaxy because I had no (sighs) preconceptions. GOTG was. Good. It was. I've not seen Kingsman, Kingsman yet. Wonderful. Upset the hell out of my family. Uh, my my brother and my sister in law. Oh really? Oh yeah. Well, they're they're sort of devout and sensitive. Okay. They loved it up There's until a, a certain point. Scene. Okay. That I think That's destroyed them. That's probably what happened. Yeah, my my sister in law left the even... theater like shaking it. It really oh. effed with them. Yeah. It but. didn't even occur to me at all. Um, it just didn't, you know. It yeah. was one of those things that didn't jar anything for me. But um, I'm desensitized to so many things. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was uh, like that but with both of those movies. I didn't. I, I think yeah. I saw a trailer for Kingsman. I, yeah. di- I didn't really know anything about Guardians but of the Galaxy going in. why do you think in. then? Why do you think then that it's happening? Do you think that's driven by the people that are making it in an effort to try and drag in even more people to see it? Or do you really think that is the entitled group doing their best to, to spoil, if you will, or, or show that they I don't know it by think spoiling. It's I think it's marketing. That's that's a simple thing. That's you simply marketing. Yeah, because you're trying to build hype. Well, you're trying to create way. hype. Uh, when the Avengers came out, there was a trailer where a lot of people remember very clearly, and it sticks out in my brain. Uh, I remember one of the first trailers I saw for the first Avengers <laughs> flick. There was a moment where you saw Iron Man falling from the sky, and all of a sudden the Hulk comes rushing out of the side screen and grabs him and catches him, and he lands safely. That was a great, like, huge moment in the film. Yeah. But we already all saw the conclusion. Yeah. That yeah. was ruined for us. Okay. A trailer showed us exactly how that moment ends. Yeah. And when you see it, oh, that was from the trailer. It is no longer, holy crap, that was awesome. 
It's a moment we already had. Uh, Yeah, 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 but the mindset might have been that nobody obviously expected Iron Man to die from his fall. Yeah, Yeah, I I don't know. Does that make any sense? Here's the thing. is like, you take a comic book nerd or anybody that has watched that trailer 140,000 times before that movie came out because they're just waiting. They're looking at every little ounce of detail. They're looking at all that. They're deciphering all this stuff. And as the movie's happening, but this didn't happen yet. Yeah. When is that going to happen? I see. What they you're already saying. know that's coming, yeah. but they don't yeah. know where. Well, it's, it's sort of like comedies where they always the funniest jokes are They're the ones that are released in the yeah. trailer, and right. it sort of does f with everything. Bit, but at yeah. the same time, like Kat said, it's marketing. Yeah. This is this is amazing. But so we throw it in there to drag in. You know, here's the interesting part about that though. That creates geek entitlement because oh, you are yeah, shown yeah. something and yeah. says. Well, that's pretty badass. But that means they must have six things bigger and better than that because they just showed me that in a trailer. Yeah. I'm going to get an hour and 90 minutes of of all this and I'm going to have this two and a half hour epic film in front of me. It's going to beat my wildest expectations. But the best moments were already in the trailer. When you don't have that, they're like, I deserved more. I've waited... 60 years for an Avengers movie. You're not a real fan. You're upset. If you're a real fan, that's what it causes. It's true. That's the crap it causes. When you show everybody everything you have up front, you don't have anything special. But also, there's the same thing, though, too, is if you love a property so heavily, like, you've got Jurassic Park coming out. It's easy to be disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, here's a really good idea. Think about if you've seen the Jurassic World trailer. If you match that up to Jurassic Park 1 in your mind, because most of us, I think everybody at this table has seen Jurassic Park. Um, Jurassic World plays up on, the trailer specifically, plays up on moments that we all remember from Jurassic Park. Ah, there's the kids in the bubble yep. with the, the the new V-Rex coming down and coming down on the glass, just like the T-Rex attacking Tim and Lex. You had uh, Bryce Dallas Howard hold, holding the flare, just like Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> all these moments that are almost that, so specific mm-hmm. yeah. to our memories. Well, so that floods in, which is good marketing. That means that was, it's a, good it's good marketing, but B, it's the, the probably the most feel good thing you can do is just give a giant fucking nod yeah. to the original fan base. Oh, for sure. But that's hey, true. Though. Love Actually, you. Thank you, you so know much what? for the One love of the you've best shown us. Sequels you I've go. seen you know? um, that did that was a uh, weird. You know, Scream Four. I never watched Fort. past Scream 4. Yeah, yeah, I never watched past Scream 2. So, too. they were fun movies. Like, yeah. not, no. you know, so the outstanding, whatever. I, yeah. But they were fun. They fun, were what they were. Like, yep. fun horror movies, whatever. But Scream 4 came out years, years later. But all they, they had so many inside jokes and nods mm-hmm. towards the originals. Because they were paying homage to the earlier ones. So, even though it was so much later, you still felt connected to it. And that's what made it bearable you know what i yeah. mean that's what it, people can appreciate. that movie felt like a commentary on horror at the time yeah yeah um like it really mocked the idea of reboots like cause reboots really started in horror films like yeah oh god yeah because there's or those endless many... continuations like the five babillion nightmare on elm street i mean speaking of you know well but that, that gets back to hollywood's uh realization that hey we have a keep churning it out well yeah. we have a guaranteed monetary generator right? yeah and you don't just shut those down for no reason you know. Well, here's an interesting question for you guys. Because um, I think I brought it up on the last episode. And the reason I wanted to discuss the nostalgia and geek entitlement, Star Wars Episodes 1, 2, 3. I mm-hmm. want to get your guys' thoughts real quick. The best. 
They were the best. I, I was not a fan of... Uh... Oh, wait, wait. One, two, three. <laughs> See, I still think of the originals. No, yeah, no. As, as uh, yeah, so yeah. four, Star five, Wars, six were the not best. Not four, five, six. Yes. The prequel trilogy. I uh, want your thoughts on that. Both of you. Damn separately. It. Um, Man, you're making me put this in a historical document, aren't you? Um, I have a they weird were watchable. perspective. They were watchable. Okay, Kat, go. you go first. Okay. I have a weird perspective because I thought, okay, I didn't see... Four, five, and six until I was in high school. <gasps> Blasphemer. I know, right? Oh my lord. So I didn't see it as a kid. Okay. So like I don't have that deep childhood nostalgia with it that a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. And so the first times I saw it, I thought they were fun. But I wasn't like, oh my god, Star Wars, best thing ever, whatever. The actually what put me into that zone was um playing Knights of the Old Republic. <laughs> Which was an amazing okay. game, yeah. and that's when I got it because I saw more of the expanded universe. It was you such a, it was a storyline yeah. yeah. that I felt personally more into and connected to, and that was what really got me to absolutely love Star Wars and geek about it. But I didn't hit that geek thing because I didn't have the nostalgia. I didn't watch it as a kid. Yeah. Um. So for one, two, and three. I already was so far removed that they were utterly boring to me. Uh, there was nothing it's not interesting to me. It's not just because you were removed. It's because they were <laughs> fucking poorly done. I'm sorry. Now, Ugh. here's the next question. Do you think, both to both of you, do mm-hmm. they serve a purpose? Well, they do. And a place. They do serve yeah. a purpose. In the canon. Yes, like, they do. They do? They do. Uh, and it's, they, in my opinion, unfortunate okay. that they Actually, do. let me rephrase that. Yeah, I don't really... If you could remove them from their existence, would you? No. Yes. Okay. Paul, why wouldn't you? I, I wouldn't because in an odd sort of a way, uh, I think they bolster the originals. Uh, they make the originals shine out even brighter <laughs> through their very existence. No, I, I know. I know. You're laughing, but I'm very serious about this. Uh, if, if they hadn't come up with uh, 1, 2, and 3, if it had just been 4, 5, and 6, 20, 25 years on, you run the risk of what happened with the original Dune movie. Amazing movie, shit graphics. You know, it was yeah. it was old, it was clunky, CGI wasn't around, you know, it's very easy to go, <laughs> that was great when I was little, but we have moved on. Um Star Wars had the possibility, I think, of entering that realm of, isn't that a cute little relic? Until they came up with 1, 2, and 3. And 1, 2, and 3 made everybody reanalyze this story. Yeah, the graphics might not have been as hot. But damned if they weren't better movies. And in a way, it kind of bolstered, I think, the originals. It brought them back up and said, okay, this was the pinnacle. And we can tell this is the pinnacle by what we have to verse it against. And that's What is your reason for why they shouldn't exist? Well, on one hand, like, I see what you're saying is they got it to reanalyze. But then we have things like Clone Wars and series TV shows that mm. are also doing Star the same but are actually really good. Yeah, they're better than But they're really the good. Exactly. And see, yeah. so in that aspect, I think there's better and Knights of the Old Republic. For example, the originals didn't get me to reanalyze the originals. Knights of the Old Republic did. Okay. So there was, I think, enough gotcha. peripheral that it still was active and current and, you know, um, engaged in that manner. Um, one, two, and three, my biggest issue with them and why I think they could have be expunged and it really wouldn't make a difference is I think the plot was flawed from the get-go. I think it was a shot-in-the-foot plot. I don't think, like, just from a storytelling capacity, it is... What's up? Oh, no, keep going. I'm it's, just saying. I think I find it, and I've gone on this rant a million mm-hmm. and one times, but I find it incredibly stupid to go through the eyes of a main... Your main character... 
where the big plot twist at the end is already known. We, we know where he's going. There is nothing surprising yeah. that can happen yeah. to that character. And they chose to not do anything surprising. Like, there, that, that, like, all three movies have no momentum of a plot. Yeah. You don't, at, at no point are you like, oh my god, I wonder what's gonna happen. No shit what's gonna happen. What I really wish I could actually do is go back in my life and remove ever seeing any Star Wars films for this reason. I would love to see one, two, and three, not knowing any knowledge of four, five, and six, okay. and how that would have impacted me. It's the way it's question. impacted people younger than me, like my nephews who've never, never seen, seen the Star originals. Wars ever mm-hmm. before in my life. That that's too to be fair to ask. though. Even like with a lot of kids though, I've seen a lot of like our friends' kids and stuff like that, and they've seen all the Star Wars movies one, two, three, four, five, and six. And a lot of those kids still like 4, 5, four, five and 6, and six. There was something more organic. But you know yeah. what, though? The question, though, is still that comes into play, though. And you have to ask They it. can like, appreciate it. Mm-hmm. They may appreciate it, but here's the thing, though. Is it because their parents grew up on 4, 5, and 6 that they speak about them influence. that highly? Yeah, there could that's, be influence. That's a weird question to ask. Because I generally, we don't, the three of us will never have an answer to that question. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, we probably won't. No. But that's um, that's the truth of it. Though. I, I, I just start have, getting data samples. No. I have two things to say about yeah. one, two, and three, and honestly, that is Jar Jar Binks yeah. and com- best com- yes, and completely unnecessarily overdriven dramatic love bullshit. Oh, it was such bullshit. But that was my point. Like, yeah, if um, actually, I think. Rob needs to be back because he knows the whole... Mm. I actually have not watched Clone Wars or Star Wars Rebels at all, but he was saying... I They're think good. the Ahsoka character, he was talking... Is that the character Ahsoka. that I'm thinking of? Uh, it might be. What, what are you his thinking? His friend. Um, shit. Um, what's his name? Anakin's friend. Like Anakin's female. friend or his Padawan? Padawan, oh, Okay, yeah, yeah, that would be Ahsoka. Her. Yeah. So, um, if they had taken movies one, two, and three, right? Mm-hmm. And... He had, and they had explored that storyline where you saw, the, like, you saw leading up to the fall, but him ha- through her eyes, where she was the main character and Ooh, not him. That would be interesting. Wouldn't it have been more engaging? Uh, I think because so. Because then yeah. you're experiencing new emotions. Yeah. We yeah. already know what happens to him. We already know his reactions. We well, already know all of that. But at least it would be through a new mindset. And yeah. And you could see the fall from a different perspective. Well, at, the, at like, the same sense, we knew the end. I mean, let's 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 be honest. Everybody who went to see the Titanic knew where that was headed. Well, um, yeah, but the <laughs> yeah, reality, like, yeah, but <laughs> but there was no suspension of like they did not build their characters up. There was in, no in arc quite, of a plot though. There, well, like, there, there was really an wasn't. arc of a plot. I'm, I'm, I'll disagree. I think there was an arc of a plot. I, don't I just know think what it was is. very soft acting. What was it? it was, <laughs> I genuinely don't know. It was. Hey, I've been discovered. <laughs> hey, now I'm part of things. Hey, now I've turned on things. But I none mean, there of was that, technically there, an arc. There was a plot. No, like, it was. There wasn't a main character. No, be, well, and that, I give that. I give That's that to two I things. Was, um, it was when weak you writing, out, but weak writing and weak acting. Yeah. The original, like I said, you ignore. You know the what. And again, we have to remember, at the time the originals came out, that was cutting-edge graphics. Mm-hmm. The space fights, yeah. people were blown away by that. Yeah, nowadays, if you were to be introduced to it at our age and never seen it before, <laughs> you know, that's that's hokey. That's old, you know. But, well, I mean, what's weird about a lot of this stuff, too, though, like, and the reason I, I kind of commend the fact that episodes 1, 2, and 3 were still made, mm-hmm. to an extent, like, there's a big part of me that wishes they never existed. 
I don't want midichlorians to exist in the Star Wars canon. Yeah. But they do. Yeah. But you know what? Ultimately, though, would the expanded universe that existed on its own with 4, 5, and 6 given us 7, 8, and 9? Because if Good we point. didn't have 1, yeah. 2, and yeah. 3... Because they made a lot never, of money. What's we never would have gotten the Dave Filona micro-series micro of Clone would, Wars. Would, then we never would yeah. have gotten the 5 series of Clone Wars would, the CG show. Then would Rebels. Disney... Yeah, would Disney have actually had the, the impetus to... Well, right. that's yeah. fair. I mean, yeah. like, if you're looking at from a repercussions of 1 through 3, I get it on mm-hmm. that front from mm-hmm. a financial fronting font... Front, but as a contribution to the series, I also like if you're looking at it from a storytelling, like again, like a story contribution of the series. I'm like, yeah, I yeah. think you could cut it, and it really wouldn't matter. But yeah, I agree, I agree. It's in, the in butterfly that, effect. Yeah, it's, it's in exactly that butterfly effect aspect of it, I can appreciate it but in that regard. I have to say though, uh, in its defense, it did introduce brand new generations to the world uh, of Star Wars. It did. And not just and generations, no. you know, the geek parents out there that, you know, have the VHSs and the, the DVDs and the Blu-ray. Well, not yet, but soon, the Blu-rays of the originals. Um, you know, their kids are fine. Uh, for the generations of children whose parents aren't necessarily over-geeky, but were like, hey, you know, this is a kid-friendly movie we can take them to. You know, it has yeah. introduced a whole lot of people to the universe. Hopefully those kids will grow older, um, you know, and, and look back at the older movies, appreciate them for what they were worth. The other thing I have to say is any of the listeners that, that read the Expanded Universe are probably like, you're missing the point. There's 78 books out there. What the hell are you talking it's about? It's true, right? It is a gigantic It's a huge universe. Let's be honest, though. Well, you know. Those point, 78 though. books, they're now legends. They're uh, not um, books anymore. They're is, Star Wars legends. Yeah, because, know, because George be did like, destroy the canon. You're absolutely correct. And that... that that, I know that hurt my brother because he was a big believer in the canon. I know, but happened. at this point, you can look at it like that. I mean, like, comic books have been dealing with that for years. Mm. Like, continuity. comic books, it's continuity. This so goes you have back to, to do it. I mean, it's that legends. thing we were talking about with Elseworlds. <laughs> the building of mythos. But, like, Batman always had the Elseworlds. Like, DC had Elseworlds because yeah. you have the again. legends. So there can be books and books and books of Star Wars legends. Does it really matter? Yeah. Did you enjoy them? Yes? Great. Bingo. You know what? If they awesome. Don't they don't matter in the overall end. They matter to you. Yeah. Yeah. That's the importance of them. That's yeah. always going to be the importance of that. Stuff. No, agree. It doesn't agreed. have agreed. to be part Completely. of continuity for you to enjoy it. Like, But, yeah, I mean, it's interesting, though, because, like, we have Star Wars coming back in a really massive way. Mm-hmm. Like, I never thought I would see 7, 8, and 9. Um, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic. Cannot wait. Cannot it, wait. It, it's going to be a really amazing experience. And we got um, Star Wars Rogue One. We just got... The announced for the that's the year after episode seven, so late twenty sixteen. Okay, uh, actually May, tw- I think May twenty sixteen. I forget what oh, it was, I- um, but that's a uh, that's the first of the non numbered films, and then we're gonna get one every other year, which is pretty cool. So we get six good years of Star Wars. Um, <laughs> But then we also have we have Jurassic World, which is yep. cool. It's coming yep. back. We now we have Ghostbusters coming. Yeah, Ghostbusters coming, back. and it's. There's a point in time when you have to kind of step aside a little bit. And it's the same thing, like, for example, like when Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull came out. People, uh, like, bitched and moaned. But you know what it still ultimately does, though? Yeah. As much as we hated 1, 2, and 3 and Kingdom of the Crystal yeah, Skull and yeah. all this, it keeps the characters relevant. It does. It's no different than in comic books. Okay, um, I'll give you the that. The reason, and we bring it up, and we'll go back to that old topic of mythology. Um... When you have things that continue and there's their own new interpretations of those existing characters, it keeps them living. Hmm. Especially when it's in pop culture and media. 
when you can say everybody watching it may have not been the best story, but that character still had another story. Okay. Yeah. Who's to say that because that story existed, somebody's not going to write another one again because it may not have hit us, but there could be three or four writers that hit in the right way, and they're going to be like very responsible for yeah, that character. Yeah, I see where you're going. That character's yeah. mythology continuing to grow and yeah. become something bigger and larger. Yeah. And I would love point. fair point where it's not like us. You know, we go back in time and we're in high school and you're flipping through reading about the Greek gods. <laughs> Wouldn't it be amazing to think that in 125 years, there's going to be students sitting at uh, in class and they're reading about history. And they're reading about the history of Batman or Superman yeah, yeah, or yeah. Star Wars yeah. because these things became myths. And the reason that they stayed so important is because we kept bringing them back in culture. We never yeah, let them yeah. die. Which, Even if they have their little bumps in the road yeah, down, yeah. during their, their course of history, we didn't let them go. Yeah. We let them build up. Like, you think about let it. Let it go, Rob. <sighs> but he can't. When He's Star, too passionate. When Star Wars Rogue One comes out, <laughs> you have to remember, that's coming out a week after the 40th anniversary of A New Hope. Star Wars has existed <laughs> for almost 40 oh years. Yeah. You old! <laughs> oh. Damn you. But that's a really cool feeling. No, it is. Something, it is. Something, yeah. something we've been so passionate about, we've allowed to stay alive for almost yeah. 40 years. Yeah. And that's because people really connect to it and bond to it. And that's a really amazing thing. Like, you know, Superman and Batman, 70, 75 years. That's, that's insane. insane. That's yeah. amazing. That's, that's, that's like, incredible. That's yes. I mean, really just the fact that you know that those characters, based on the fact that fans love them so much, which why Geek, Geek and yeah, Gentleman yeah, exists yeah. is because there's people that glom onto them like a religion. When you have people that do that, you're going to have the uber-passionate people. Unfortunately, again, problem with the internet. Everybody, it's a place where everybody can have a voice. Yeah. And everybody wants to be louder than the next person. Yes. And that causes those problems. And it's... And all arguments are ending with the uh, Hitler name call. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know what? It, 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 it's the line from Mallrats, from Holden. It's, these are fictional characters, yeah. fictional people. I mean, like, it's like, come on, guys. Yeah. Like, you can be loud and boisterous about it, but do it because you want the characters to survive, not because you want your E-peen to be larger than somebody else's. Yes. Yep. I mean, your E-peen? E-peen. E-peen. Your E-peen. Rob's going to send some E-peens around. Yup. <laughs> Better watch out. I've, I've already seen his E-peen. Thank you very much. Just gonna put that out there like he did. Oh, <laughs> oh, my but I mean, like you know, it, it's interesting though. But it's funny. Like, there's only certain properties you really hear the shit happen about. Yeah. But like, when Terminator um, Genesis got announced, mm-hmm. a lot of people were like, eh, "It's another Terminator movie." Yeah. And I'm I like, it looks awesome. And I'm like, "Oh my god, this looks like a badass Terminator." Yeah. Like, Prom- Prometheus ch- sort of had that same. Uh, well, Neil Bloomkamp, who just uh, uh, put out Chappie. Chappie. I need um, to see that. Yeah. I know a lot of people are not talking uh, highly of yeah, it. Yeah, that's. I'm hearing a whole lot of not happiness, but I don't but care. Neil Bloomkamp <laughs> did an amazing job <laughs> with Blum- District Nine. He did. And now he's going to be heading the next Alien movie. Yeah, and I'm awesome. really looking forward to that. That's that should be amazing. District 9 and Elysium, everybody said they were great mm-hmm. sci-fi. I haven't seen Elysium yet. I, I really want to see it. I haven't either. Uh, but I love District 9. I thought it was an amazing <laughs> flick. And I'd really love good. to see what somebody that's so ingrained in the sci-fi does to Alien. Yeah. Alien's been dead yes. since Alien 3. This is true. There's this been true. four Alien films since then. It's yeah. Alien 3, Resurrection, and then AVP and AVP 2. Mm-hmm. And Alien characters have not been interesting since Aliens. Yeah. Yeah. If they can do something to bring some life back into them, awesome. Like... Yeah. Do I think we need another RoboCop reboot down the road? No. Nah. I think that 
you know, yeah. Paul Verhoeven said what he needed to say back then. Yeah. Does Star Trek Troopers need to be rebooted? No, yeah. Paul Verhoeven still did a good yeah, job. Yeah, no, then, too. no, don't reboot it. Don't reboot it. The original was the best. I know the original was the fantastic. follow-up movies it... degraded quickly in quality. And, <laughs> and if you want Star Trek Troopers, play Hell Divers on PS4. You'll be fine. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, gonna try that then. So, but in all honesty, though, like. You can reboot as much as you want, and then geeks, no matter what you do, when you tackle comic book properties or video game properties, whatever, because I guarantee in a year or two... Let's be fair, book properties, too. And book properties. Us book fans are never happy what, with what? the movies. What's a book? Rarely. Book? What's, what's a book? book? But, but the director didn't get, get the um... stupidity of the writing from Fifty Shades of Grey the way I wanted it to be. I know, right? <laughs> well, it's like the... Um, the my, my book snobbery is one of the reasons I still yeah. haven't seen the movie... Um, for The Fault in Our Stars, because I loved the book. And the movie came out last year, I guess, and I mm-hmm. think it did well, and people... The Fault in Our Stars is that, that cancer love story, right? Yeah. Yes. yeah. My wife took her two nieces to see that, and apparently it was a cry fest. I believe it. Yeah. Uh, the, the book was... The book was... Snar- it was very... His writing's really good. I, it's just good. I don't you know? feel like crying again, so I'm not gonna read it. Do it. No, Blubber. Not gonna do it. Yeah. No, can't make me. Can't make me do it. But it's one of those things where, like, when you find a book that really impacts you or touches you, you don't really want to always see what they do with it in an adaptation. Like, that's why I just have no interest in seeing it. Gotcha. That makes makes sense. I really like the book, but I'm content with where it's at. I'm sure a lot of people were, like, very titchy about, um, you know, when Game of Thrones came out, I'm sure that was very conflicted because that was a very beloved <laughs> fantasy series, you know? I did make it halfway through season two and then I was like, fuck yes. Yeah. But that's my point. Is yep. like People say the same thing about The Walking Dead. You know, I've heard that. Yeah. See, I never read the comics, uh, but I, I can't. Never did either. We've been over why I can't watch The yeah. Walking Dead. So. But I mean, and, and people say the same thing again about The Flash. Um, Has there been naysaying on The Flash? I, I've seen nothing but positive. It, it follows the comics very clearly. Okay. I've like, seen nothing but positive. It's so glorious. They fill yeah. in little things, and I think they do a beautiful job. It feels okay. like a comic come to life, and I'm yeah. very happy with it. But there's still people that, if you're so ingrained in the comics, like, I know what's coming. Oh, I get you. Yeah. It, it, well, then, 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 you know, what the hell? But, I mean, it's interesting to see the fact that, like, all of us want so much from these properties. And we all feel like we deserve it because, like, we're like, we've been geeks for so long, and in the 80s and 90s, we were secluded in our dank little holes, and yeah. we got beat on for all oh, this shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's and the, now everybody This is it. the survivor syndrome. It is, yeah. it is that, it, that, I hate to put it this way, but that hipster sports. mindset, but, like, I liked it first. Yeah, sports you people don't deserve this fans shit. go through the same it shit. Is. When you've got a sports team that's been failing year after year, and then everything clicks... And, and you were there the, the whole bandwagon. time, and everyone jumps on the bandwagon. It's nothing new. It's I remember new. seeing it's all the nature. angry posts when, like, the Phillies did well, yeah. and everyone was getting oh, all look, hyped. And then the all the angry people being like, fuck you guys, I liked Phillies yeah. the whole time. Yeah. It's yeah. the bandwagon Well, it's the I was here first, yeah. you don't have a say, or you shouldn't have a say mindset. Well, you know what, though? But that's entitlement. What this that's is the definition of entitlement. The whole purpose of this conversation is very clear, is entitlement... I, we I, we all here at this table understand why yeah, it exists, yeah. and there's a good reason it exists. And we're not saying it's wrong for no, not wanting something. The great the greatest things you can think of for the properties that you love. Yeah. But ultimately, you have to let go just a little bit because you know what? When you do that, you allow those properties to infect the culture, and you allow those properties to exist forever. Yeah. Well, and, also and you allow yourself to enjoy forward. them more. Yeah. You do. No, it's uh, yeah. I'll give I mean, that. that's. I think that's a really important is because yeah. if you want something like the 100 to last forever and ever and become maybe a, this huge pop cultural phenomenon that's going to be like remembered as some of the best sci-fi 
if you say, hey, if you give it a little leeway to allow everybody to love it, but it doesn't change what it is at its whole, then in 75 years, we'll be talking about it the same way we talk about Batman. Every property that exists now, whether it's a small TV show that barely anybody watches, just something that has been building a following or whatever, if you give it the room to grow in a proper way and kind of nurture it in the right way as a, in, the, in a proper fan base, you know, without being like little Hitlers about it, it's going <laughs> to oh, exist. Oh my, gonna get letters on that one. Oh, oh whatever. Little Hitlers. Hitlers. <gasps> Sudden idea for an interactive cartoon. <laughs> little Hitler. Little Hitler. Little Hitler. Okay. Little Hitler. <laughs> but no, like if you're not an asshole about it, they'll like you you give all these properties the ability to survive forever. Yeah. Yeah. And you build a passionate community like Firefly, I think is one of those things that's going to last forever. That's what I thought. Yeah. I think by the time we're seventy, we're gonna see Firefly again in no, some way, shape, or form. we'll see yeah, a bunch of variants of it. But I mean again, people it's very it's had variants in the comics. That world games. will exist. That hey. world will continue to exist. The Iliad gets replayed time That's and true. time and time. Oh, brother, where art thou? Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. great. In the, uh-huh. I mean, it, it, but again, it, um, it does show that you're uh, watching Sons of Anarchy now. That is no, directly no, 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 no. Off, uh, off of Hamlet. Hamlet. I yeah. Know. Which so, unfortunately I mean, like, spoils one aspect of it for me. Yeah, it was easy okay, to tell from the get-go. I really didn't know. The Hamlet aspect? No, didn't get it. Oh, really? Didn't read Hamlet. Oh, well, that's you're okay. We're not going to tell you about Hamlet. Well, I know enough about it to know. I know what happened to Jax's dad. I get that. Poor bastard. But I love Tig. Sorry. (laughs) Oh, my God. The hair, the tattoos, the attitude. (laughs) I'd marry that. That whole show is excellent. Uh, It's 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 mind-bogglingly amazing. Yeah. And uh, I gotta get Ashley on it. That's you all know, I'm gonna say. We'll have to do another so big TV episode soon because a lot of our favorite shows are ending, and we need to do wrap ups. I would love to hear yeah. you tell us all about season one and one and two of Orphan Black and why we should be watching it. Yeah, that should be yeah. next yeah. month's episode because uh, most of the shows are going to be about done. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We should do a episode on why TV you should off. be watching the shows, and each of us bring one to the table. That's an amazing idea. I like that's that an part. amazing idea. We should do this. Yep. So I'd right. be all for it. So yep. you know, with that thought. Let's move into the MFK and end up the show. It. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. tonight we're doing something to bring a smile to your face. Fearless. So tonight we're doing the many variants of Tim Curry. <laughs> Yay! I love, love, love this. I band. love Tim Curry so much more Can than I anything marry? ever. Sorry, Rob. Can I marry all of him? I will marry all of him. You know what? And I feel bad because there's Tim Curry's on this list that we left out. And oh, God. Yeah. I'm sad for all of the other Tim Curry's. Well, that you we know excluded. what? There's two that make me really sad. We okay. left off. Mr. Body from Clue. Mm-hmm. Aww, and we la- left off Dr. Poole from the movie Oscar. Oh, he was fantastic. Have not seen Oscar. It's funny. Really? Mm-hmm. I'll look for that. Um, so, Write that on the back but of this Anyway, so our, our variants of Tim Curry for tonight is we have Long John Silver from Muppet Treasure Island. Yes! Yeah. We have Darkness from Legend, of course. Mm-hmm. And obviously, the one of the most important ones you can't forget is Doctor Frankenfurter from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. It's so true, uh, Rob. Rob really essential. can't forget that one. I can't. That's ingrained in my brain for a long time. How many years? I, I, I put it out there. I wish years? I had met you guys back during your Rocky days. I really, I, I really am so, so sad <laughs> that I didn't meet you guys in that. Bob Rob was running around in his shiny underwear. I was. I was I'd running around in shiny gold underwear. boots and shiny underwear, sir. <laughs> then fishnets and a uh, nice, nice little corset. That's beautiful. Giggity. So, so anyway, so this is tricky. Yeah. I, I, I think, you, you know, I'm going to start off with this one just because I've got I, I've too many years around mm-hmm. Tim Curry. Actually, no, there's another one we left off here, too. The Worst Witch. Just have to <laughs> 
if you if you really you're not quite sure if you're hearing this, look oh, up. Anything the... can happen on Halloween, but sung by Tim Curry, oh, God, staring a young Faruza book. Yeah. And um, you'll oh, and we also yourself. left off um, Toxic Sludge, Toxic from um, Ferngully. Ferngully. <gasps> he did the voice. Did he do the voice? Yeah. yeah. That's oh, why. That's why that song that was heavily, so sexual. Talk about something that heavily impacted my childhood. Uh, oh my god! And little, yeah, because uh, I'll throw this in before I start my little rant. Because mm-hmm. it's a fun little mm-hmm. nugget of information for folks. But uh, if you're fans of Batman the Animated Series, little cool, interesting fact: before Mark Hamill was the voice of the Joker. There was two episodes recorded as Tim Curry as the Joker, actually, oh, beforehand. Oh, wow. The only reason it was changed was because he was playing, I believe, Captain Hook on Peter Pan and the Pirates on Fox. Yep. Same network, and they didn't want to cross over because it was too yeah. similar. So, yeah. just a little fun nugget of information. Yeah. But, He's in every So, to get into the MFK, this is really, really, really tricky. And I'm going to say right off the bat, I'm really sorry I have to do this. My kill is Dr. Frankenfurter. I'm not shocked. <gasps> no, because it's not surprising. <gasps> I, I, I love Tim Curry and Rocky Horror, and that's the reason I loved Rocky Horror, but I was in a Rocky cast for way too long, oh. and I saw a Rocky every years. Saturday okay. I'm not years. shocked that he chose to okay. kill Frankenfurter. Okay. Well, <laughs> and it's not that I want he that part He loves of, the movie. I don't want that part of my life gone. I still remember it very fondly, but I can't watch that movie anymore. Okay. Okay. That is like watching... <laughs> A, Christ, a Christmas story on on TBS or TNT oh, yeah. every year for yeah. the twenty full twenty four hours every day. Ugh. Like you, eventually, you have a breaking point. Yeah, I get you. I get so you. I do love it. Normally, I would fuck Doctor Frankenfurter, but I'm gonna have to pass. Gotcha. Um, kill him, which leads me to fucking. Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna fuck Long John Silver from Muppet Treasure Island because I'm curious on what all the attachments you could have on that hook hand. <laughs> And that just opens the world of possibilities. Oh my god. So, and, well, <laughs> fucking a pirate, and especially Long John Silver, I, 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 I have nothing else to say. <laughs> hook, hand, uh, hook hand attachments and go. Just, just mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, so, so this will lead you to your spouse. I'm marrying the fucking devil. <laughs> <laughs> So the why? giant sexual devil. All right. From... So Legends are really mm-hmm. amazingly fucked up movie, especially like that 1980s era, like things like Legend and mm-hmm. Labyrinth mm-hmm. and The Last Unicorn. All these movies are really jacked up, like never-ending story. They're wonderful, wonderful flicks, but dear God, like Dark. darkness was like seductive as fuck. Like it didn't matter <laughs> who you were if you were like. Let's be honest, Tim Curry. Yeah. Well, yeah. The voice. Like, like, if you're just a little bit older in age, like, I saw it around, like, five or six. But if I was, like, nine or ten, I could have been swayed to, Mm. like, go the other way when I grew up. Mm. And have been like, you know what? Dudes are where it's at. (laughs) Because, like... Curry's voice was a sexual awakening. I think think that's a very valid thing. Giggity. But, like, you think about it, too. Mia Sarah's character in that movie, if you remember that, there was that dance sequence Mm. that was this really seductive dance sequence with that, like, faceless person inside of, like... Darkness's little, like, you know, like, dining area. Yeah. And it was this massive seduction of the innocence thing. Like, normally a lot of people say, you fuck that. You go for that hardcore. Like, but, again, hook attachments, and that's Mm kind of hard to pass up. Um, So, but ultimately, though, still, it was just, there was this gorgeous beauty to it, though, that was really awesome. And you just have to imagine what it would be like to live in that fantasy world and have, like, this uber god is, like, husband slash wife or whatever it's going to be and honestly if it's the devil you know you're pretty much the bitch in that relationship <laughs> so but I, I, you just gotta say you know what 
give me give me some more of that. That that was kind of awesome. So <laughs> I don't have a really happy ending to that, but I'm like, okay, okay. That's the I'm gonna be a that's bitch fair. with hook hands and a bitch with the devil. So. I get you. I get you. Damn. So that's my answers. Wow. <sighs> so okay. Uh, okay. Um. Let's see. This was really easy. Um, I would kill Darkness from Legend. I mean, he was pretty awesome, but I mean, like, not more so than the other two. Um, I would definitely fuck Frankenfurter, because that just makes sense. And let's be honest, that sort of crazy long term is not fun to deal with. Chafing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um... I would definitely, definitely marry Long John Silver from Muppet Treasure Island. I we could be professional pirates together. Professional and that's pirates. the whole song. He does. He sings the because pro- when you're a professional, professional pirate, it would be amazing. I would absolutely love that. Like you know, anytime like you guys are cooped up in the house and things are boring, we're like, I have Captain Beeper. But like he would be the best. We could just go on all the adventures. I'm gonna mirror exactly what Captain said. Uh, I'm killing. Let me start out first and foremost. I'm fucking Frank Inverta because uh, yeah, what a night, what mm-hmm. a night. I saw that when I was in fifth what grade. Again, sexual awakenings with Tim Curry's voice. Yeah, can I imagine. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I kind of bring this up to both of you though. Like, have you guys ever seen um, the extended cut of Rocky Horror? No. The extended cut? I have oh. not. Have you ever heard the song Superheroes no. from Rocky Horror? Like no. it was in some prints. I think it, maybe in some of the ones I've seen. I have, yeah. It's it's where Janet and Brad are singing after the castle takes off. It's the really long, like No. This is all new to I me. It, it, it's like Brad and Janet singing in the dust of the castle, and it's this very somber, like, Frank and Furter's dead, everything went to shit. They have their sexual awakening, but now they feel empty. Yeah, Aww. I remember that. That's why, that. like, I'm like, I can't fuck that. Because, like, they only had sex with him once each, and they were like, now my life doesn't mean anything. It's See, that but that's I know, but look at, and look at how reserved they were before. Yeah, that's because really, they're Like, it wouldn't take enough. much to really expand well, their minds. True. Lack yeah. of innovation on their part. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, I marry, I marry the pirate, because... Because he's awesome. He, well, but he's so bubbly. He, he loves his life. I don't, oh, oh my god, he it's really so good. does. Which unfortunately is the darkness like, to die because. Sorry, darkness. Yeah, you got to fit in there somewhere. And I've already married and fucked. So yeah. yeah. On an awesome trivia note, me and Tim Curry share a birthday. Yeah, booyah. On an awesomer trivia note, me and Tim Curry <laughs> shared a toothbrush, but I can't really go into details because I signed a piece of paper. No, I, I don't. Sorry, Tim. I don't know. Like the MFK this week was all about weird tri- Tim Curry trivia facts. Dude, I the man it's just he's is amazing. so amazing. And I'm so sad to hear. Um, if I'm gonna bring this on the downer, I'm so sorry. God, Rob, don't, don't do it. it. Just shut your mouth. Keep my mouth shut your whore mouth. But anyway, Tim Curry, we love you. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. You're amazing. amazing. So amazing. Okay. <laughs> You look all sad, man. I, I, so I think we should end here. I am sad. I think it's. Now it's just depressed. We're gonna leave you guys really depressed because <sighs> Rob's. Wonky. I'm not gonna even say what it was, but I, I'm don't, sad. Everybody don't, else is happy. But don't I'm be sad. a hooker. So you could be a little. Just hooker. think about being a professional pirate. You know, I'm just gonna think of Tim Curry leaning over the banister and Oscar and be like, "Hello, <laughs> oh, adorable. He's oh, so God. precious. Oh. oh yeah, 
again, he was in Three Musketeers mm-hmm. as Cardinal Richelieu. Cardinal he's Richelieu. just he's sexy. He's sexual in everything. Yeah. It's the funny thing but is, but he's too, got a playful sexual energy. It's not a he does. scary because he's not, not a, like you know. and and it's not that the man is like a like gorgeous dude or anything. He's not. He really um, isn't. But Tim, he is sexual. If you're I disagree. He's <laughs> hot. But he's got sexual charisma. Like, it just oozes from it well, it's, it's Like, like toxic sludge. Yeah, like, like toxic you know, sludge. It's like the lead like, singer of Queen. Like toxic sludge. His teeth were horrible. Yes. Man was a sexual dynamo. But the charisma, yeah. Yep. It's the charisma just takes it to that whole Again, new level. And you're anything like, can happen oh. on Halloween, worst witch, Tim Curry with a mullet. Le- well, not care. even. It's a very quaffed. I don't even care. <laughs> I, I'll still love but it. But you know what? Still kind of awesome. I don't even care. He'll so make it awesome. That's that's episode 14, everyone. <laughs> Um, thank you for sitting in and listening in. As always, you can check out everything on uh, cappingcrew.com, all the new articles. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, make sure you punch in on our uh, Don't Panic search. Uh, check out the Wicked Fair coverage from last month. We have a uh, lot of Wicked month. Fair coverage. A lot, of really, awesome. a lot of awesome interviews to check out. Uh, there was four audio interviews you can listen to on the site, and I think at least three written articles that you can check out. There's also been a lot of really other cool stuff. Kev's got some new artwork and new um, DLC comic up for his Destiny comic. And um, just uh, the amazing new anime music stuff that's been out. The cosplay yeah. day, um, trailer, trailer time has been excellent. There's been a lot of good reviews up on the site. Definitely go out check that out. Uh, and the best thing you can always do to help support Caffeine Crew to continue to exist is if you go into the About Us tab. There is a little button there that's affiliates. our affiliate links. If you go and click on that Amazon link, and if you go to that Amazon link and bookmark it and make that your home for Amazon, anytime you go there, make a purchase. A little penny of that or two of your purchases go to us. They don't change your shopping experience. You don't spend any more money, but it helps us get a little slice of the pie and continue to grow. It does cost money to run a podcast, run a website. And we do this for free because we love doing it. Love it. So, but again, if you want to reach out to us as well, though, too, to contact us, say hi, get an email read on the podcast, have a product review. We've got a couple big reviews coming up. A couple people reach out to us that way, which is pretty cool. But it's always at thecaffeinecrew at gmail.com. You can find us all over the internet to search for the caffeine search crew. Search caffeine crew. You'll you will find, find us on so many forums between Tumblr, Facebook, butt explosion, a butt explosion, Twitter, of stuff. that whole nine. But always, it's wonderful. And we I twat once. So. You twatted. You twatted. I twat once. <laughs> Is it twatted or twatted? You're a twat. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go twatted. I like twatted. <laughs> um, but also, too, big thanks as well to DJ Cutman and Game Chop Records for our intro and outro music. Um, it is awesome to be able to hear all their tunes. Make sure you definitely check out uh, DJCutman.com and GameChops.com. They're awesome, awesome folks and really good people. And uh, real quick, Paul, what have you been up to? Anything special? Oh, not a lot. Looking forward to uh, Regeneration Con. Yeah. Awesome. Honestly, Regeneration Con, which you were going to be there supporting yep. uh, Caffeine Crew. Yep. And you and Look uh, forward Ashley. to photos. Look forward to uh, articles. We're going to break out of my slump and actually uh, get a little bit of topical material Beautiful. out there. Good stuff. Kat, what are you up to? All the books. All so the many books. books. You got two new books coming out. What are the books? Uh, I have two books coming out. One is definitely slated for April 24th. Um, Stolen Petals, which is steamy steampunk romance. And then the other one should probably be out in April, too, which is another steamy urban fantasy. Yeah. Very nice. Sexy um, times. (laughs) I'm always just on the site, at least you'll see one thing at least a week from me. I I have no idea what it's going to be. So much has been happening. (laughs) Excuse me. Don't die, Rob. But um, Don't but yeah, it. it's everything changing, <laughs> whether it's a video game review or a little piece about some game news that's happening. 
Um, or just even just getting these podcasts up. Um, but yeah, and um, we'll see you next month for whatever that may bring in April. Uh, I have no idea what our topics will be yet, but all the things. It'll be all the things. Everything. Yep. yep. But Everything. thanks for listening, guys. Yay! Peace. Bye. Good night.